Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle. Unfortunately, for a little bit of time at least, this is going to be the last pod we do in person. Uh, time in Tennessee, how has it been? It's been fun. Yes. It's been fun. I've been here for about a week and a half, about 10, 11 days, leaving tomorrow afternoon. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It feels like I've been here like three, four weeks. Yeah. It's weird because when my first flight came up on Friday, it felt like I'd only been here a couple days, but now it feels like I've been here forever, which isn't bad, but I am ready to go. Yeah, I bet. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, get into your back into your normal routine. Uh, obviously, we went out last night for New Year's. To that place was fun. That was the same place we went to the karaoke night. That place was a zoo. It was packed, of course, because it's New Year's. Uh, so that was a good time as well. Um, so I've had. I was gonna say, shouts out to Wonderland. Anyone from Johnson City or anyone who's been to Johnson City, they know about it. But you have spent two football Sundays here. This football Sunday, a little bit more impactful than last Sunday, but that's what's gonna happen as you get to week 17, 18 in the playoffs, so on. Um, is there any place you wanted to start specifically with this one, or because like the Ravens obviously are a hot topic? Chiefs pulled out a win. You got the Packers now in position to move. There's a lot of places we can start. Is there anything on your mind that you need to, that you feel you need to touch upon right this moment? I can't wait. I cannot wait. We get a full divisional slate for Week 18. Yeah. Usual. Yeah. Um, you had told me last night. What Ravens Steelers is the first Saturday. Ravens Steelers, and, and then, then it ends in Colts Texans, and then Sunday night is Dolphins and Bills. So. You know, the games everyone will have all their eyes on, two out of the three have true implications. Like, there's implications for the Steelers in that Ravens one. Yeah. Still kind of trying to wrap my head around that one. I feel like if the Ravens don't really need that, they could have just thrown that on. Yeah. I feel like there's maybe other games. I haven't seen the whole schedule yet. No, Um, there are definitely some other games that I felt could have gotten consideration. Just If the Ravens would have lost, per se, this game would have made so much sense because it still would have been playing, fighting for a seeding position. The Ravens would need to play, but now... The Ravens have the one seed locked up, so it's kind of a little odd. But again, it's Steelers Ravens, so like something chaotic will probably happen, like it always does. Yeah, yeah, and no, we had a wild weekend. I mean, hey, the Bills are where I thought they would be at this point. You know, they've they've got what is it, three four game win streak now? Uh, I think they're on a four game win streak right now, and uh, they're ten and six. The weird thing with the Bills is they can either be the two seed. Or they could be out of the playoffs, which is crazy. Like, I mean, they have other options, but if they lose to the Dolphins and then the Steelers win and the, I believe it's the Colts, if the Steelers and Colts both win, they would be out of the playoffs. So they'll know going into, they'll know going into Sunday night if it's a do or die game for them or if it's a game that they can afford afford to lose but obviously would want to win for the division regardless so it's going to be interesting to see how that seeding plays out throughout the day yeah that's going to be a mini playoff game regardless both teams are going to want to win that especially after the Dolphins game against the Ravens this week Um, I understand now looking at the schedule I kind of understand why they added that game like the only other I mean because like Minnesota's now out so it's Minnesota Detroit uh Cleveland Cincinnati Cleveland's pretty much locked into the fives and Cincinnati's out the only other game possibly would have been like Tennessee Jags but the Jack that's not as good of a game so I don't really or like Seattle Arizona just because Seattle needs to fight in but norm 
there's not any other spots where two teams can fight for it. It's really just one team fighting for it. So it's actually not a bad game that they chose. So I thought there was going to be a better one, but there actually wasn't. I think we should start with Lions-Cowboys, though. I mean, that was really the topic of the weekend. Uh, the refs screwed it up. Twice. Um, it it was know. actually a tripping on Aiden, Hut- Aiden Hutchinson, but they called it on the Cowboys, which would have then, which was unfortunately, that would have given the Cowboys the first down, so it wouldn't even got to happen to that Detroit play. But that didn't happen. That was a missed call that happens. But then going down, you have the guy reporting eligible, clearly just – it just seems like laziness on all parts. Like obviously, cause like throughout the entire game, uh, number 70 was reporting as eligible. Then uh, Taylor Decker, he goes reports as eligible, but because of how he, the number 70 ran on, like they were setting that play up all game. Like they knew, like for some reason, I feel like they knew that at some point they're going for two, they were setting it up all game. And yeah, I mean, the see, refs were, you see the outcome, the refs more or less ignored. Yeah. Uh, both guys reporting eligible or whatever happened on that last play. I mean, everything went to design. Yes. Um, they, so it's unfortunate. We did hear that they're going to downgrade those refs for the postseason, good. which is cool, but I feel like we should, like, this stuff should happen more. Because, man, the NFL, I've said it time and time again, it's probably better officiating all around than the NBA. Yeah. But, man, in the postseason, it seems like the NFL gets it wrong more often than not. I think the NBA tightens up in the postseason. Soft, yeah, they're soft year-round. But the NFL, man, it just seems like in the biggest spots, it's it's incompetence sometimes. That's a big yeah. game. That had implications for both teams. Well, yeah, because now the 49ers play the Rams this weekend. That's also a game that you could have put on. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I don't think about it. The 49ers play the Rams this weekend. If the Lions win, the Rams could beat the 49ers. And if the Ram- Lions would have won, the 49ers lose, the Lions would have gotten the one seed. Mm-hmm. Just to be off of having a better record. So, like, it has many implications on it. And with a Dallas win, now the Philly loss hurts even more because now the Philly slides back to the five instead of being in the two spot. That's on them, though. Like, I'm not trying to make – they lost to Arizona. You can't lose to Arizona in week 17. But – so at, this game had a lot of implications on seeding. So – the same way you want the best seven or 14, then uh, eight and whatever, keep going on in the playoffs. You want the best collection of refs. Mm-hmm. And you're right. The NBA, for what they don't do in the regular season, in the postseason, it's very odd. It's not very odd. It's more so rare <coughs> that you're going to see we're really talking about the refs last of the game. Like every now and again, you'll have it because like it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's never really as like a Nicole Roby Coleman, uh, Nicole Roby Coleman penalty. It's never that egregious. Mm-hmm. It's never something like that really with the NBA that off. Like it's few and far between with that. So they do get it. They get it. They tend to get it right more so in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. They have a tight. They have a looser whistle. I'll say because they don't just. It's not instant text. It's not instant. Uh, flagrant ones and twos because they love to throw those out all the time. I mean, I think those are pretty instant. Not as much in the playoffs is what I was meaning. They're still they, oh, they still throw them like. I think they're still soft with that stuff. I think what's better is like you said, they're a lot looser. It's almost two different games, honestly. It, it really is. It's really night and day with the physicality they get away with, and you know, at the end of games, it's all judgment calls, and then of course we have a review, which takes yeah. ten minutes. But 
the judgment calls in the NBA, you're very rarely going to get, you know, a play where someone looks like they get brushed and maybe they call a foul at the end of the game. Yeah. They're going to allow more contact there. Whereas the, the NFL, I guess the NBA comparison would be the block charge. The block charge now has become very ref dependent to where yeah. you don't really know what the hell they're going to call or how they're going to call it. And I think yeah. that's where the NFL, like that's pass interference now, that's uh, intentional grounding. There's so many judgment calls within. Yeah, Browning calls got called for have... an intentional grounding that was ridiculous. Mixon yeah. was about seven yards to the left. He got it past the offensive line. Like it was a, like not that they were going to win the game because the Chiefs defense in that third and fourth quarter, they were electric. But like it was a dumb call that obviously sets them back. 10 yards and that completely changes the entire complexion of the drive so yeah. it was late game too no i just think there's a ton of rules in the nfl and i've mentioned this before that it's just like all right well what's the call now like what are you know the even the catch is still like a catch yeah, is what's like a catch, what's not a catch what's interference what's not what's holding what's not i mean it's it's a lot because like with a catch it's either three it's like two steps and a football move or three steps and then, like, if you get the two steps, it's like, what do you consider a football move? What do you consider a football move? Because, like, what you consider a football move could be a touch different than what I do because that's a subject to the refs. And, like, obviously, like, sometimes it feels like it's just weird. It's a tough job. I'm not going to make it sound like it's not. But, again, like, that's like when we were talking about, I think, a couple months ago, how, how refs – you're, like, I'm not sure exactly how it is now, but how refs during the week were just doing like their regular nine to five jobs and then refing on the weekend. Like, for refs, if you're going to do it, it should be a full time thing. You should be meeting throughout the week. You should be going over things, practicing. I don't know how in depth they do it now. I hope that's what they're doing, and I hope they just need to do a better job at that. If that's the case, but it, it, refing should be the same as a player. Not that you have to have the same regimen, but you should be. If we want, if we're paying millions of dollars all over, billions of dollars even, for these games and all of the every aspect of it, we shouldn't be paying cheap for the refs because they're now deciding games. They have been for a while, but yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a scary endeavor, honestly. I mean, it's always my fear going into the NFL postseason. It's like, okay, the deeper we get, will something be decided by the refs? I mean, you could even go back to uh, the Romo Dez catch at Green Bay. That's one where. You still play it to this day. That looks like a catch. And you know what I mean? I mean, you get a ton of – it seems like you get something like that every year. Granted, that one's ref discretion. Um, I would say that one's, that's, that's, that one's tough. And, like, obviously it's, that wasn't definitively Dallas was going to win the game. Aaron Rodgers literally had the ball with, like, three minutes left. And you know what Aaron Rodgers does. But I mean, if that one wasn't a football move, you know, Dez takes about two or three steps, lunges for the end zone, and they didn't call it a catch. Yeah. You know I mean? And it just seems like there's something like that every year. Yeah. But, I mean, look, both conferences, as it is right now, mm-hmm. have, I would say, just about every team looks to be some sort of threat, at least competitive. Even in the AFC right now, it looks competitive. I would, yeah, because here's the thing. There's the Ravens, there's the Niners, and there's everyone else. That That's it in both conferences. There's everybody else. Because you could tell me the Browns, the Bills, the Chiefs, they went to the AFC Championship game. I'd believe it, and then maybe the Texans they get on a magical run or something like that. That'd be the I other. Can't say the Texans. The, I, I mean, they've done. See that guy couldn't. I 
I, AFC Championship game, no divisional round. Yes, right. I, I think they would. I think they would like kind of like the Jags were last year. They'd stop at the uh, divisional round. But those three teams: the Browns, the Bills, the Chiefs. Oh, and the Dolphins. I could if you told. I I don't believe the Chiefs will personally, but like if you told me Mahomes found a way to get two playoff games, I could I could believe it. The Bills, I would definitely believe it. The Dolphins depends on the matchup, and then the Browns, I absolutely believe it. I would say I'm off the Chiefs and Dolphins. Chiefs look better this week. And they the did. Chiefs, one thing you can say, Chiefs are tough, like a yeah. legitimately physically tough team. They can run, defense. and they can play defense, and um, then when you have Mahomes and Andy Reid to make a few special plays, that, that's why I can't count them out. They're, I still have them. They're behind the – to me, they're still behind the Bills. They're behind the Browns. They're behind the Ravens. On the game today, you take a better quarterback this weekend. If that's Burrow this week instead of Browning, where you say the Bengals don't win that game, if that's Burrow instead of Browning, the, the Bengals. I'm probably like the one or two, like they're right behind the Ravens. But like maybe, obviously, I, maybe they I mean, still, maybe they were still in the thick of it. Yeah, no, I'm saying like out, I'm I, saying I for how confident saying. I'm in them. Like they, sure. I think they'd be exactly where I feel about the Bills, where it's like they're pro, they're fighting to get in. They should get in, and if they do. They can easily go on a run. That's how. Like, that's my feeling. That's like think that was what my feeling was on it before Burrow got injured. But yeah, yeah, I'd say my confidence rankings, especially after this week with the Ravens, uh, be AFC Ravens one, Bills two mm-hmm. as far as confidence, then the Browns three. I actually have the Browns at two. Interesting. I really that's do. Really I really do. Um, I, there's nothing about. The, I mean, Joe Flacco is in such a mode of like I'm gonna just do it like i'm gonna go throw it i'm gonna probably turn the ball over like i'm liable but i'm also he's been four straight 300 yard games he's had either two or three touchdowns in every single game he's played this year throwing it's like he's actually been doing very well at quarterback he's amari Coop, as i say as amari cooper said it's poetry in motion with him in a pocket and clearly i mean last game amari played was 11 for 265 uh he's got a great relationship with amari Njoku's been playing some of the best football he ever has. Elijah Mori has a decent connection with as well. Jerome Ford out of the backfield become even more of a receiving threat. They've got Kareem Hunt. So offensively, you've made up for the loss of Nick Chubb as well as you can with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Obviously, Nick Chubb is still your best offensive player. They can run for sure. And then defensively, they can get after you. And if you get late in game, there's not a better player arguably in the league that you're going to say, I need a sack, Miles, get him. <laughs> like, I need a play, Miles Garrett, go get him. Like, you're not going to find anyone better in the league, people that's comparable, but not better. So that's why they're a little bit – I have them a little bit over the uh, Bills for me just because I trust their defense a little bit more. But the Bills' defense has definitely shown up and they're showing out over the last few weeks, especially with the injuries they've had. Yeah, I just think with the Bills, I mean – I don't want to sound like I'm patting my own back here, but back in what week 12 when I said that they would probably go on a run and make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. I think with them, they've been playing playoff games basically since week 12. And when you're in that situation, I favor them over the Dolphins this week. Like I'll just say right now, I've got the Bills winning this week. And uh, when you go into the playoffs, basically playing six straight playoff games, you're playing with no fear at that point. Mm -hmm. You're like, whatever, we've been doing this for six weeks. That's why I think, especially if they win this week, they're the most dangerous team going in. Granted, the Ravens are coming back, coming off of two of the best wins you'll ever have back to back. It looks like Lamar cemented MVP. Yeah, I've right? got to. When we talk to Lamar fully, I'm. I one thing I want to do. I do want to say though is 
I'm playing Lamar for a half in week 18. I can't. Because all I can think about is three years ago, he wins his unanimous MVP. They sit out. He's out for three weeks. You have a Titans team coming off a win against the Patriots. They head into Baltimore, and they beat him because the Ravens are rusty in the first half, can't get it going in the second. I'm playing him for a half. I'm playing him at least getting get like a preseason, like three, four series. Because if he's not playing from – Yes, from the 31st to then, like, the 21st. Like, it's almost a month of just not playing football, like, competitive football at all. And then what you're going to have is a team, maybe the Bills, say they lose, say the Bills lose or even win, maybe you have the Bills coming in there red hot. And we've seen it so many times, like, even in baseball, where team will coast to the World Series. The other, they'll wait to 11 days. I mean, the Red Sox won the World Series against the Cardinals that way, so. You see that so often that rest can kind of be it can be a benefit, but it also be a curse. Yeah, I think it'll help the Ravens. They got they got quite a bit of injuries. So they'll definitely help the Forty ers They have sure. with McCaffrey being dinged up here. They'll definitely help them for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they should play at least a half, especially with them being the Steelers. I can't imagine they'll just sit everybody. So, yeah. yeah, I would imagine they'll play at least a half, uh, especially with the Saturday game. I don't know. And even honestly, if they played Huntley the whole game, I think it'd still be a competitive game. Oh, it was going to be competitive um, regardless. I just think for Lamar's, <laughs> literally just for Lamar's sake, like I would sit people like Odell who are like, they don't, they don't, he doesn't need to play in that game. Like you want Odell for the playoffs to make big catches. He doesn't need to prove himself or anything like that. But I just, with the rhythm he Lamar's played with the last two games, I just don't want him to lose any of that rhythm. Because he's been playing, obviously, best quarterback in the league over the last few weeks. So Steelers are very interesting to me because, you know, we thought it was, uh, what's his name, Matt Canada. Yep. And it turns out all they needed was Mason Rudolph, who's been on the <laughs> roster for a few years. Yeah, no, uh, Mason, so the, the Steelers make no sense at QB. They make no sense, period. They just, just make period. no sense. They don't make any sense. They, make they look like the ugliest offense, and they put Mason Rudolph in there, and their offense all of a sudden gets some verticality to it get some explosion to it, get some confidence to it. Like, you can actually count on them to make a third and eight or a second it's and third and eight. They, that's what they could have done. I mean, they've had the personnel for it all season long. It's legitimately just came down to the play calling and the quarterback. And now the, this quarterback... Looks seems, more like the quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, and it seems like Mason's stretching the ball and willing to throw outside the numbers up the field. And... She's just playing, like, if I turn the ball over, I'm going to turn it over. Kenny was, like, playing for his job, so he was tentative, and then Mitchell Trubisky's just not good, so he was – and not that Pickett's great either, but, like, uh, Trubisky's just not good, so he could run a little bit and kind of throw. But Mason Rudolph is like, you know what? I've played in this system before. I'm, I was a third stringer. What am I going to lose? Like, I'm just going to go out there. Now Pickens is good on a deep ball. I'm going to hit him, like, just – and go stand the thing. So he's – Definitely playing. Like, if Pickett's healthy, 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 I would, and they make the playoffs, I'm going with Rudolph. Stick yeah. around for the year. There's no reason I said, oh. Yeah, I'm very interested in them as, you know, what their quarterback situation looks like yeah. this year. I mean, we talk about these other teams who are in the draft uh, or, you know, picking at the top of the draft. Steelers are going to be a team I'm looking for with who's their quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Do they get of that? Do they get in on the Russell Wilson sweepstakes i would get um, on i would definitely i thought matthew stafford was gonna be out there possibly but now with how the rams are doing i think they'll probably try to run it back with him again that'd be the smart thing to do but i was gonna say someone like that russell wilson 
Matt Stafford, that veteran quarterback, because they don't their defense is ready. Their offensive pieces are ready. They don't need someone to gel with right now. You could even sit Pickett for another like year. If I mean, it'd be weird for his development. But even so, we see how sitting long for the Packers has worked. They look like they Packers feel like Packers quarterback reminds you of the Steelers coaching staff. It's like okay, we're just gonna get one guy who's gonna be super good for a long period of time, and then transition him into the next guy. Because I'm not that. I mean, we don't know if Love's going to be like a superstar like Favre and Rogers, but right now he's looking the part of being at least a franchise guy. There's not too many young quarterbacks that you're like, yeah, I'd definitely take him over Jordan Love right now. He's playing great. Sure, sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I said in the AFC, as far as you know, the Ravens have definitely taken that next step. Yep. I'm still. I can still see them getting beat, right? And they, because it would be because they. Uh, do it to themselves. That's sure. what I would do. And I guess it's because, I mean, we still haven't seen them in at least an AFC championship game in this Lamar era. And he's still pretty young in his career. Mm-hmm. So that's no fault of his own. He missed the last two postseasons. But, you know, overall, the AFC still seems top to bottom decent. Still seems competitive oh, yeah. in this playoff race. Whereas before, it seemed wide open. Now it seems like, to me again, the Ravens and the Bills have asserted themselves. If you believe in the Dolphins, cool. They definitely got the talent. Uh, like you said, the Browns, uh, they should be in there. Whereas the NFC all season, I felt Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, maybe the Lions. And now after the Niners, I honestly have no clue. I have no clue yeah. about the Cowboys. I have no clue about the Lions. Um, the Lions are the team I have the most like clue about, and it's because I don't think that they're like a championship team. Like, cause like the thing about it was like the 49ers are clear cut the favorites by far. Mm-hmm. The Eagles, I have no confidence in. They can't play defense and their offense doesn't seem to be clicking at all right now. They've had the problems of not being really able to play defense all season. The offense has been, and, but they were winning games and we felt that it was just going to like, okay, they're building up. They're trying to figure things out. A bunch of new coaches, new players, people gone but they just haven't rolled. They haven't been rolling this year. It's fine. It happens. If they don't win it all, they don't win it all. I don't have confidence in them to go on a four playoff game streak to win a Super Bowl right now. The, I, I don't know. I have no faith in that. They would honestly be behind the Lions for me and the Cowboys for me. I think the Cowboys and Lions are second and third. And I think if they were to play 10 times, you would see like a couple Lions blowouts, a couple Cowboys blowouts, and then you would see a lot of the games that we saw on Saturday. The Cowboys have the highest ceiling to beat the 49ers. Like, the Cowboys' A game can match a 49ers, like, to the best of the ability of someone's A game. But I, then I trust the Lions to at least be more competent offensively. And not, not even offensively. I just, like, I guess for the Cowboys, like, I, you're, I'm baking in the Cowboys in the playoffs. Because, like, regular season-wise, they've done any, they've won, like, 12 games over the last three years. So, like, you can't really say anything about them regular season-wise. Playoff-wise, you don't know with the Lions, but I like their makeup. And then with the Cowboys, you've just seen so much heartbreak and just so much Cowboy that, like, I almost have more faith in the Lions than the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys are, they have a higher ceiling than the Lions. It's a weird, it's, it's weird, but I you're agree. right. The Cowboys have the highest ceiling. They'd yeah. be your pick to beat the Niners, and they would, like you, you say, a game. I say it would take their A plus game. Oh, it take an A plus plus game. I, they, I just meant like it'd be. It has but, to be a hundred game for them. You know, with me. First of all, I mean, I think both teams showed me something Saturday as far as like that was a defensive battle, and the Lions yeah. kind of 
more than held their own. I mean, they should have won the game. Yeah, Hutchinson's um, a problem. Like when Hutchinson's like that, that's when the Lions can actually be dangerous because he was changing the game like himself. And it was a dome game. Yeah. Um. That being said, I mean, look, if the Lions still had to go to Philly, however the standings shake out, Jared Goff and cold weather, I mean, it's, it just hasn't been great. I mean, yeah. you know, and when it comes down to it, the three teams, just the Cowboys, Lions, and the Eagles after the Niners, I mean, look, Mike McCarthy, I don't think he should be coaching for his job by any means. No. He should be the Cowboys coach next year. Yeah. But he's still got, you know, I mean, he's got a ring, but look, Andy Reid, before he got his rings, he got this tag on him like, yeah, he just wasn't good at game management. And I don't believe McCarthy's good at game management. I mean, management. we'd still, be talking more about the game management if you if they complete that, yeah, that ball was because it was, that was terrible. They could have they could have ran the clock down to probably forty seconds, definitely under a minute. Yeah, and he's throwing on first and long, second and long, and then I think they threw it on third. Yes, I could be wrong no, about they that, they but. they threw it to CD oh Lamb God. on first. They threw it deep to uh, Brandon Cooks on second, and that was the one where I was like, "What are you doing throwing it deep on second down? Like you didn't need to go for a home run there." And then on third down, I believe they threw it again, and then they had no time. Like because I believe the Lions had a timeout with like a buck forty left. And I was like, okay, what are we doing? And then not for nothing, Dan Campbell, when they do take the two-point away, yeah. goes for it two more times when you could just take the points and play for overtime, which would have been a 50-50 battle literally. I mean, it's literally going to be tied. But, I mean, you'd have to feel good about your chances as they were playing to go into overtime. There was no, so that's a, like I understand uh, – shout out Ira, by the way. Um, on Madden, we always go road team, go for two – home team, play for overtime. That's mentally how I always go into Madden games, like if I get that. So I loved him going for two, like the first time. Once the penalty and the ball comes back to the seven, just kick it. At that point, just kick it, get to overtime. You stole the momentum from the crowd. Like you stole, like obviously, like you stole all the momentum. You, you went down the field and scored a touchdown late in driving. Jared Goff looked surgical. You get the ball in overtime, you move on them. The defense has been getting stops. So even if they do get the ball first, you can at least hold them to three. It made no sense. And then even going from the three and a half, I was like, I knew you are going for it at that point, but you were hopeful. Like, just kick it. Like, it's fine. Just take the points, Dan. And the play calls weren't that great. You know? No. And First not- play call was amazing. The second and third ones were, I think uh, he was so set on that first one working that I think like he was just grasping for it. But then like it's almost he got stubborn. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, we're going to win this way or go down this way. And it's like, just cut, just deal with it, play for overtime. You can play and you can get the win anyways. Yeah, that's one thing when you're facing a defense. I mean, that's probably the most athletic defense you have in the NFL. So, I mean, they can kind of, on a short three-and-a-half-yard play, they can dial it up a little bit. You still got Michael Parsons. You got DBs who can all make plays. Yeah. Um, So I say that to say, you know, when it comes to coaching, which the NFL playoffs is absolutely comes down to coaching. I do trust Sirianni more than those two, probably. I mean, McCarthy, mm-hmm. like I said, he's, he's a good enough coach to get you into a two-minute, one-possession spot. It's what he does after that. Might come out well, might come out not the greatest. But now, like all thinking about it, all the NFC coaches, honestly, other than McVay, which is why the Rams are even alive to me a little bit, have like some sort of flaw to them some degree so I mean, like I would, I like, would at least say... like shanahan's just like he can't be trailing in the fourth like his right. record trailing in the fourth is terrible which is insane which is which is insane because like they've it's won so many games stats. 
and like McCarthy's time management, Sirianni's time management, and then uh, Dan Campbell, we just don't know. He's like, again, he's at the point where he's, I think he's just a little bit too aggressive. At he's times. got hubris. He's got hubris. And yeah. I would say, I actually like Sirianni's game management most of the time. Like, I think, I think him and Shanahan do a good job of coaching situational football yep. management. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I trust Sirianni. It's just that they are absolutely at their lowest point in the season right now. And uh, this Giants team, they're going to want to play spoiler in Week 18. They just played each other last week. That's going to be a close game probably, especially with Tyrod. And uh-huh. uh, it's unfortunate because with the Eagles, it really comes down to the defense. Their offense has been good enough. It's not playing great. It's not playing nearly what it was like last year. No. They still got the players. They still got the pieces. But, man, they really need it this week because they're certainly going to be playing on Wild Card Weekend, obviously. So, I mean, you need something good coming off that divisional game. You need to treat that like a playoff game going into uh, Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. Um, so, so it also, it matters more for the divisional. But depending the Wild Card, it almost could be a better matchup for whoever comes in the fifth seed because you're playing the NFC South. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, also Tampa – I was gonna say Tampa is up and down. Like they, they're they're very capable of giving you a game like they played last week, or on Sunday, I should say. And then they're also very capable of putting up thirty four on you. So they're a very very weird team. But like right now, it's the Seahawks, and they're just gonna be a well coached team heading to Dallas. As of right now, I believe it's gonna be the Seahawks. As long unless the Rams lose and then the Seahawks win, they might flip flop. But it should be Seattle heading to probably Seattle heading to Dallas. And that's not and as I say, that's not in that's not a gimme. We saw this earlier in the season. Literally, and it came down to Dak making great plays down the stretch in a barn burner. It's the Madden Cowboys fans if they lose at home to the Seahawks. They lose at home to Geno Smith. <laughs> that's, he lit them up. Oh, he did light them up. Off a groin injury. I mean, he lit, or maybe it was his elbow at that point. But. No, he would it, no, that's a. It's very possible. It's very possible that the uh, Seahawks know that they're coming in with the best, better coach. That's all they can say. They'll figure it out from there. I know Mike McCarthy's good. I'm not trying to make it sound like he's not. Pete Carroll's just a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I, I don't think that's crazy to say. So they're going in with the better coach, and they're going in with the why can't we do it? They can run. They can. They have weapons on the outside. Hey, this is. Seattle going to Dallas is definitely I've seen crazier upsets in the playoffs. So and then Rams Lions. I hope that's what we get. I hope the, we get the Stafford Goff trade there. I would love yeah, that. Then the Lions easily could lose that, but they easily could win that. And then like I could see the I could see the Lions, the Rams, the Eagles, and the Cowboys all in the A. The only team I really couldn't see in the NFC championship game is the Seahawks. And whatever NFC South team there is. That was your Super Bowl pick. That was my Super Bowl pick. I thought they were going to be more cohesive this year, but they're not. I mean, good for them to get to the uh, playoffs, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, once you get in. Anything, anything can happen. And they've been there before. They've been in deep playoff games. They probably don't have the all-around talent, but hey, their defense is playing much better. I mean, they that. could get to it. I mean, their path would be beating Dallas or beating Philly. Either one, they probably even match up a little bit better with Philly because you can run on Philly right now and they've got weapons on the outside. But either way, getting one of those teams, the Lions winning and going to Detroit, 
that's a winnable game. You beat Detroit week two. That was obviously week two. And then if you see San Fran, hey, you know them better than just about any other team in the league. Do I think you're winning? No, but that's your shot. <laughs> that's your best shot. Like, at least you know them. Like, that's the thing. But, yeah, yeah I, mean, hey, I don't you, think it's happening, but at least you know. We have it all set up for a rematch of the Christmas primetime game matchup. Niners Ravens. It's all set up. Um, but who knows? I believe the Niners will be there. Spoiler alert. Ravens, I'm not so sure, but I'm definitely increased in confidence over the last two weeks. Yeah. That'd be crazy to say. Yeah. Didn't. You know, I'm not hating on them at all. Um, the Chiefs even slightly gave me a little more confidence yesterday with their win over the Bengals. They were yeah. at least better. If they win, it's the 2018 Patriot run. Yeah. Where they, where they, and if they win, it's going to feel like the Patriots win over the Chiefs in 18 when they had to go to Kansas City. Like, them going to Baltimore and getting a win, an improbable win. Because definitely the Chiefs in that year were definitely just firing on all cylinders. Obviously, that was Mahomes' 50-touchdown season. and Yeah, and I mean, look, their defense, like I said, it's tough, it's physical. It's one of the better defenses in the league. I just can't picture Mahomes getting a ton out of this receiving core. Unless Kelsey turns it back up, which that's completely possible. I would rule that I was going to say, Rasheed Rice has looked good over the last few, but like MVS is – it's going to come down to MVS, Tony, Justin Watson, uh, McCole Hardman, them making a couple catches, like a couple big-time catches. At some point, they're going to have to. And you can get to Mahomes. I mean, you can get – We've seen, Their tackles haven't been great this season. We've seen time after time you can get to Mahomes, you can get through that offensive line. I don't think they see a team. Like, I don't even – at the end of the day, when it comes to playoff time, I'm probably going to be like, damn, Mahomes, it's going to be tough to beat wherever, whether it's KC, whether it's on the road. I hope we do see him in some road games. But, I mean, yeah, overall, I mean, I do like the Bills better. I do like – even the Dolphins a little bit better. I would love for the I want the um I want the Bills to win because this would be Mahomes' greatest streak ever if he ever did it. But I'd like for him to have to see as a three seed. Prop you'd have to see the Dolphins at home, then the Bills at Bills, the Ravens at Ravens, and then the Forty ers Like if he got through that, like that would be. A, Unbelievable! You can call him the second best quarterback of all time after that run. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like you can go, it's not Tom. Like let's know that, but like him and Joe Montana and Peyton Manning can be a conversation if he does that. Is it happening? No. I guess. I mean, look, I mean that'd be three. That'd be two MVPs, three Super Bowls, four appearances in like six seasons. So like you would have to at least give like some consideration. <laughs> I still, I mean, not just for the sake of argument, but really, I mean, I don't think I still don't think Mahomes is as good as Prime Rogers yet. I'm fine. Rogers, I'm fine with that. Like I Prime, think Prime Rod- Rogers gets more out of this receiving core than what Mahomes has done right now. I think again, Prime I Rogers is a hated on. Like Pro- Rogers was like, Rogers was Mahomes. He just didn't do. He was just a more efficient Mahomes. I think he's more accurate. Yeah, he's a more accurate, more efficient Mahomes. Like his TD to interception ratio. Like he's. I think he, he had better pocket presence than Mahomes as far as just. Mahomes just has a little bit more of the spectacular and that's like the running around and then like the weirder side angles. But like when it comes to throwing Mahomes is more far than Yeah, is more he's I would say. Yeah. He's like a mixture of the two a little bit. Because he has a little bit more control than Favre. That's like Allen has the Favre, got more Favre in him. 
but he has a lot of Favre in him with a little bit more of Rodgers control, but he's not Rodgers, like, control-wise. I mean, Rodgers went, like, almost a, almost a decade without throwing think, 10 picks in a season. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying Mahomes isn't great. I just think, I think yeah. he's still going to improve. You think Aaron I think he's still very young in his career. Yeah, you, um, you're just like me, and you're like, okay, even though they're really good, like, Mahomes can sometimes can get better at just taking the underneath. He can get better at doing things like LeBron was really good in 2010, but he still had levels he could get to. Like, like he still could have, and that's when we get 2016, we get 2018 LeBron, where you're like, oh my goodness. Like, the confidence and the understanding of the game matches the talent that you already have, and then you get a guy who's even scarier, which is scary to think because Mahomes is already this good. You're like, oh, he has other levels to get to? Okay. But. Yeah, and they, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting because, hey, it truly is three seasons. Yeah. Pre-season, regular season, postseason. It's a different pace. It's a different speed. It's a different intensity. Who's going to know that better than the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ravens been there too. Harbaugh's been there. Uh, Bills obviously have played in big games. But hey, it's not going to be easy for anybody in the AFC. It's wide open. <laughs> Really, for everybody except for the Niners, and who knows? I mean, we've seen better teams than the Niners get upset. You never really know, mm-hmm. but I expect the Niners to be there. They had a good bounce back game. Uh, yeah, but yeah, man, between the Lions, Cowboys, Niners, and the rest of that NFC, I really don't know. I really no, don't I know. Don't, I don't. It would sound crazy to say the Eagles would resurge, but I'm holding it out. I think the Eagles have a better resurgence chance than the Chiefs. And that's really insane to say, given that the Chiefs. I don't. I. 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 I've, if you said one team was in the conference championship or the, the in the Super Bowl, I would tell you it's the Chiefs over the Eagles right now. Because fair to say, because I, the, I can see why. I mean, the, the Eagles are at the toughest point. In the Eagles season. don't do anything great right now. At least the Chiefs yeah. play defense great and they run the ball really well. And then you have Mahomes. But again, like, like again on a late, like on a late game drive. You're scared, and you're very scared, but because of the receiving core, I don't think it's a lock. Like a few years, like even last year and a couple years ago, especially when they had Tyree kill Kelsey, if you're like, oh, man, Mahomes has got a minute left. Please leave us some time. 13 seconds. Yeah, even 13 seconds, but like if Mahomes has like a minute 20 left, you're like, can you score in like 30, please? So we have 40 in a timeout. Like, can you not waste the time more so? Now it's like, oh, he has to go 80 yards. It's like, he could. I don't know, though. <laughs> like, it's actually it's actually a question mark. The thing with the Eagles, I'll say it again, offensively, they still have a world of talent. And defense, they even still have talent. It's, that just they haven't been playing well. Patricia, for some reason, is their D.C., which is never good. Um, but if they can get anything out of their pass rush. It's going to come down to Hassan Riddick in the pass rush, Jalen Carter. Yeah. Like, and they got the talent. They got the horses. So if they can just get something out of it for, you know, a few defensive positions a game, possessions a game, because that defense isn't doing anything. That secondary and that linebacking core is offensive damn near, right? Yeah. So if they can get anything, that offense is capable of chewing up clock. It's capable of at least getting seven. It's not like they're getting held to field goals constantly here. They're still going to be able to move the ball in, you know, red zone to red zone. But, you know, it's the defense. But, hey, they still got the coaching. They still got Hurts. They got a lot of the pieces from last year. Mm-hmm. So they should be okay. They should be, but they're playing at their absolute worst over the last month and a half. Yeah. 
I want to talk about Lamar real quick. I know we mentioned him a little bit. I want to talk about Lamar more so because I want to read off of these stats to you. I was thinking to myself, I was like, what is Lamar against? Like, his obviously has a case for MVP. His case for MVP is the fact that he's been like this year statistically, it's been lower than others, but we haven't really seen any great quarterback statistics. You would really go to Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. It didn't, and Tyree Kill kind of fell out because he's not on pace for that 2000. So he's had like, I don't want to say a regular great season, but like Justin Jefferson did the way he's did. Cooper Cup's done it. Calvin, like, so he's had like a regular, amazing, amazing season. Sure. Christian McCaffrey, over the last few games, he's kind of been a little lesser. So his stats aren't as gaudy and as amazing. Not that he doesn't even deserve consideration. I think he's, he's number two, but like, he never he hasn't made it to where he's so good like Adrian Peterson was like the over two thousand like six nine yards away from the record where you're like okay we have to give it to him. Lamar's stats against playoff teams he's seven and two this year the losses are coming to Indiana Indianapolis by three and the Browns by two and those are two games that they gave that they gave away. They have a plus seventeen point seven differential. He's got a 110.6 rating, averaging three yards a game and about two and a half touchdowns a game, completing 69% of his passes. That he's is every bit that of, is crazy. He's been every bit of reliable this year. That's yes. You can ask for from your starting quarterback, let alone a franchise quarterback. I say it again. He's improved leaps and bounds as far as a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still dangerous with his feet. Uh, you know, it's funny because – each year when you do your NBA predictions, your NFL predictions, even just for the regular season, sometimes you're taking into account last year. Sometimes you are taking into account the leaps you can make. And it's even harder to do that before the postseason. You take what you've seen all season. But Lamar really does have another level or two he could go to mm. as a player that we've never seen. I mean, I'll say it again. You get robbed the last two seasons of seeing what Lamar could do in the postseason due to injury, unfortunately. Yep. So... Hey, you can't tell me he's not hungry. I mean, shit, John Harbaugh just saw Jim Harbaugh win tonight versus Alabama. You don't think he wants to add another notch, at least get to the AFC Championship game of course, yeah. this year? So, and you're going to have that at home, right? So, mm-hmm. look, I mean, it's all on a platter for them. We've been saying that all year. You mentioned those stats, Keenan. I remember hearing one, and I'm sure it's remained the same. This was a few weeks back I heard it, but they've had the lead at some point in like every single game. They've they've had they've held the lead in the fourth quarter in every single game. There has not been one game like the three games they've lost is because they gave them up. Mm-hmm. They gave the game up to the Steelers, they gave the game up to the Browns, they gave the game up to the Colts. They have not like really been beaten this year. Like the 49ers obviously got beat by the Ravens and by the Bengals. The Dolphins have been beat. Like every team has been beat. The Ravens have lost clearly, mm-hmm. and that's to but the, to faults of their own. Throw an interception. Lamar had one late against the Steelers. Had one late against the um, had one late against the Browns. I think he fumbled late against. I think so. There's been he was had mistakes early in the season. He's cleaned all those up. Uh, because my favorite thing to do is do like kind of cross sport comparisons. My favorite thing to do with Lamar is compare him to NBA players. Because I, I feel like, obviously, I compared this season kind of like to AI season because of the statistics. I've talked how he reminds me of Giannis. The, and the development I want to talk about, it kind of honestly reminds me of Steph. And the reason why I say that is 
Think of 2016, 2018 Lamar, Steph. Two unanimous MVPs. Obviously, that was their seasons took people by storm. Obviously, Steph a touch more than like Lamar's, but Lamar's season was phenomenal. Was 36 touchdowns, only seven picks. Plus he already went over plus he went over a thousand yards rushing. He just he was on another level. But in my opinion, 16 Steph, obviously in the regular season, as great as he was, I think in 2022 last year was the best we've seen Steph. I don't think you get a game for 43 points, 10 rebounds, four assists in Boston, game four in the finals in 2016 at that point. I don't think his body was strong enough for it. I think that he was still, his mind wasn't there with his his physical attributes. And I think with Lamar right now, his pocket presence, his awareness, the way he throws the ball is much better than it was in that MVP year, even though obviously those are statistically, they're probably they're each of their best seasons. So I think that, and we'll see this postseason with Lamar because obviously he could play one terrible game and we're going to be talking about like, man, he is one in four in the playoffs right now. I can't seem to get it done. But it's he feel like that jump that he's made after having such a phenomenal season kind of reminded me of how Steph, I feel, made a jump because he just became a better player. I think in 2022 was peak Steph. I see the comparison. I don't. I don't necessarily see the – I mean, I see where you're going with it. I don't necessarily see the Steph Curry or the Iverson aspect. I mean, we talked about that last time. I do like the Giannis comparison. Well, Giannis, I think – well, Giannis, to me, I think that Lamar is Giannis. Like, I just think, like, like they are – but I just meant the development of how they are. And even if you wanted to say Giannis's development from his first MVP to, like, the way he, when he won the finals, and obviously he developed as who he was, but – That's where I see the comparison you know Giannis came in and it was like what the fuck is this guy like if he gets any sort of anything he's gonna be something mm. and that's exactly what happened he still needs a jump shot um it's a but see and that's where kind of I went with that's where I kind of went more with Steph in it because Giannis if Lamar would have gotten and won a Super Bowl without really becoming much better as a pocket passer then I could see more Giannis because that would have been like his legs really made him be a Super Bowl champion as like Giannis's like physicality really made him into that, even though I think he went sixteen to eighteen in Game Six when he dropped fifty. But like just because of how obviously the unanimous MVPs kind of makes it cool too. But like the way they kind of made steps and really developed their game after already doing something at like the greatest of all time level, Lamar running, Steph shooting, and then like they took more and they kind of expanded upon what they could do best. I see what you mean, but his cross sport. Uh, comparison is right there though with Mahomes. I mean, mm. Mahomes, he he very much plays for the home run like early yeah. Steph did. Yeah, and Steph still does, but I mean, especially early Steph. Like, yeah, he's always playing for the home run. Your cross sport um, comparison is, I think, Le- Lamar is Giannis. Mahomes would be Steph. I just think the development in the career is more so what I'm comparing rather than exactly the player. As like I see Steph, kind of like the way he stepped in Lamar, but like cross sport, you're completely correct. Mahomes is Steph. I think that Lamar is Giannis. Lamar has been Giannis. Like, reminded me of Giannis. With Steph, though, he already had that ring early in his career. Yeah. Lamar ain't got the ring yet. Yes. Um, But, you know, to add to Lamar, you know, as I said with the with the Eagles, how, you know, they're not playing their best football right now. Mm-hmm. Lamar's playing some of the best football of his career right now. Yes. And he is so smart. Like, he doesn't force anything. No. He's gonna, he might give you 
Whereas Josh Allen, it seems like like Roz was saying the other day, Josh Allen's gonna give you one pick. Like he's gonna he's gonna turn it over at least once. Same like with, you can almost guarantee. Which it. is why he's Favre. Favre's gonna um, throw you three. Did you catch him or not? I mean, Josh is gonna throw you two. It's just can you make the play on him? Lamont right. might throw you a dumb one every now and then, but by and large, I mean he's smart with the ball. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna be dangerous. I mean, the way Hurts was dangerous for Philly last year. As far as game management and clock management, if Lamar's going to use his feet even more, it's going to open up a different dimension for them, Yeah, especially the way he's throwing the ball, and especially in the fourth quarter if they're up seven. And he starts saying, okay, it's second and four. Yeah, I am going to do a QB draw here. I'm going to call my own number here. Like That's just, like, what are you going to do? He's at least getting two yards on these scrambles. Mm-hmm. Or at least getting a third and two. And he's probably getting that first down. So yeah. I'm very excited to see Lamar. It's been long overdue. It's shocking that it's been two years that we haven't seen him in the postseason due to injury. Uh, hopefully, I don't jinx it. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. So, I mean, hopefully nothing happens in a Saturday game. But Another comparison yeah. would be that Steph missed two playoffs in a row before getting back to that championship run. But that's, that's, that's just in fun. That's just – I was funny thinking about it because, like, he really did miss, like, with a year with a broken wrist and lost in the play-in. And then Lamar, obviously, last year, this last two. That's just funny to think about that compared to things. But and then, uh, you know, if we're talking this weekend, just to, you know, get back to the playoff picture. Of course. The Bucks. I'd said, literally, I picked against the Bucks this week, and all I, but my only reason was because that's just the way the NFC South played. You had no, there was no statistical no or, like, analytical breakdown. It was just like, yeah, I'm going with the Saints. Sir. I, you had the Saints by, like, double digits. And you're like, yeah, it's just because it's the NFC South. And, uh, and they were up. They were shutting out the Bucks most of that game. The Bucks actually made a run of it, and yeah. I still. And look, the Bucks got the Panthers this week. If they lost, this would be reminiscent to what was it? Because it would Wentz and the Colts when they had the Jags and the Urban Meyer year, right? And they lost, <laughs> it was, and all they had to do was win, and they lost to the worst team in the league. So yeah, that would they be lost to the Jags. They, they lost, yeah, they lost to the Jags, and they couldn't make the playoffs. And you're like, oh man. So if the Bucks no, and Dan the Panthers, Carson went really, the Bucks lose to the Panthers. They don't deserve to be in the postseason. I don't see no. that happening. I think we'll both end up picking the Bucks this week, and I actually hope the Bucks. I think the Bucks would give, you know, everybody in the NFC the best game, whether it's the first round, whether they happen to make it the divisional round. And I do think the Saints have the talent to do it too. But uh, Dennis Allen isn't the greatest coach. He's just no. Whatever. I trust. I don't trust. I trust Baker Mayfield more than I trust Derek Carr. Um, I do like. I think Bull should keep his job too. I don't want to see him. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. Pretty damn good job. I don't think team. he needs to lose his job at all. This going into the year, this roster wasn't rost- a roster that we felt was going to be a playoff team. Like we thought it could possibly be, but I know a lot of people were predicting like six, seven wins for this team, and they might get, and they might win the division. So people thought the Saints were going to run away with the division for the most part. They were. Uh, we're betting. Like, listen, I thought I thought the Saints were going to by default win the division, and maybe Atlanta was going to be second. Tampa was going to be third. So I can't. Baker's played better than I expected to. This team's look more cohesive than I expected to. So they absolutely could. And I don't think Bowles should lose his job for that at all. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, no, I can't wait. Week 18's got a lot of intriguing matchups. Not as much as you'd like. Like you said, it seems like there's a lot of like one team scenarios as far as the playoff goes. Yeah. You know, in the case of the Saints and Falcons, if the Bucks do happen to lose, I mean, anything's possible. That's going to be a de facto divisional championship winner game, mm-hmm. Falcons and Saints. So I don't think it'll matter, but 
It shouldn't. But... Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? All right. So, Kyle, it's 2024. It's 2024. It is 2024. Um, as we do every year. What were some of your biggest moments? Uh, do you have some sports moments that you want that like the first ones that come to your head for 2023? The first moments that come to my head, I only had five. Yep. And I didn't really dig too deep into it just because I don't know. We've been pretty busy down here, I guess. I don't know. But the ones that came to mind, we had a good Super Bowl this year. Yep. So it ended poorly, I think, with that call. Or ended anticlimactically, I should say, with yes. a short field goal. But by and large, it was a great Super Bowl. It was entertaining. Yep. It was high scoring. Uh, I had the in-season tournament. I thought that was a breath of fresh air. Yes. Um, then you know what? I'll even throw in, just because we just see him do scary stuff every night, and he's still 19. His team's not playing well. But I'll throw <gasps> Wemby coming to the NBA. Yes. Uh, that's been refreshing. Yes. Um, and then I have two interconnected UFC moments. Uh, okay. I think... My most insane reaction, I said this at the time when it happened, was when Adesanya knocked out Alex Pereira mm. in Miami. That was such an insane moment. That was the knockout of the year in the UFC, as far as moments go. Uh, yeah. I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, uh, Featherweight, Josh Emmett, knocked a dude out into a seizure. That was probably the most brutal knockout. So yeah. that would probably win knockout of the year most places if it wasn't for that Adesanya knockout. Yeah. And then, so Adesanya wins that title at middleweight he eventually loses to sean strickland which that was crazy but alex Pereira actually he moves up to light heavyweight yeah and he just recently won the light heavyweight championship which is crazy because mm -hmm. he came to the ufc 2021 maybe and he already became a division champ that's crazy and two different two different divisions right so that's crazy throwing that up there he won that in pretty explosive fashion he's a knockout artist that was up there i believe that one more that mm -hmm. pertained to the nba um, I can. You want me to go oh. on a couple? Okay, go on. LeBron scoring record. Yep, I was gonna say that was one. Of, that was the first one I was gonna touch upon. LeBron that was a scoring. Cool moment. Yeah, no, that was a very very cool moment. Um, because and the good thing was he was rolling all game. It wasn't one of those games where like he only he scored like six and had to score in the second. Like he was rolling and got it like in the third quarter. So that was a really cool moment. Um, that was one. Caitlin Clark's 41, 8 and 6 against South Carolina in the final four. And then that cha national championship game against LSU, those two moments, especially that final four one, because going in, it was really like a one man, Caitlin Clark versus South Carolina, who hadn't lost all season. And she went in there and was a superhero. So that was another huge moment. I saw she was the first. Division one men or women's player to have three thousand points. And I believe it was nine thousand assists or sorry, nine hundred assists, eight hundred rebounds. Yeah, like she's yeah, she's going she all she has to do is score five points less than her average this year for the remainder of the season to break the scoring record. So she's mm -hmm. gonna <laughs> literally like she needs to average like twenty four to get that and she's averaging close to thirty right now. So she's gonna barring injury, knock on wood, absolutely, she's gonna break the scoring record. She's gonna have. She has like forty point triple doubles. Like those are just things that she drops randomly. Like a lot of her stats that you're see, like I've been seeing lately have been like LeBron comparisons cross sport because that's like the only across um I shouldn't say sport but across uh, league. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Cross gendered. Cross cross <laughs> cross gendered or cross league. So like because with her you can't really compare her to any um 
WNBA player. She's going to have the in like statistically and like the number she puts up, she's going to have the best collegiate career ever for a woman, but she's not going to have the best ever because that's Brianna Stewart because of what she did. Like Brianna Stewart. Yeah, and my my more was great, but Brianna Stewart even took it a little step higher because she lost like three games. She won like three national championships, two out most outstanding players. Like Brianna Stewart was a, a little bit more than Maya Moore, which is crazy to think that because Maya Moore I think won two, lost like five or six games, and was the most outstanding player I think twice. But yeah, so Caitlin Clark, uh, those moments were huge. Um, I had the AFC championship game last year. I actually really liked the, um, even though it was a lower scoring one, that one was just Chiefs Bengals built up a rivalry. Bengals have beat the Chiefs the last three times. We're the Chiefs kryptonite. They went in controversial call at the end, but it didn't like make the ending that anticlimactic because of the fact that Bucker still had to hit a field like. Yeah, it, a bit. It, it was a little bit, but it wasn't as it wasn't, it wasn't as much. It wasn't as much as the Super Bowl. I'm it was less than the Super Bowl. But um so that was another moment I had. Oh, uh, I don't even have to look for these ones. Steph's 50, 50 points in game 7, Jason Tatum's 51 in game 7. Uh, those were two cuz I never thought I would you hadn't seen a 50 point game 7 ever. Steph does it against the Kings in Sacramento and then Jason Tatum going like, okay, I'll one up you and do it in Boston against Philly. So those were two moments as well. I would throw that out there for 2023 NBA playoffs as a whole. Yeah, that was a really good. I was gonna say because I, uh, I actually had another moment from that one. I had uh, the Bucks Heat game five. Jimmy had four. That was him coming off of his 55. He had 42. Giannis had 38. But that was the tip where Giannis looked scared, didn't want to touch the ball, <laughs> and then they lost obviously because he had the eight beating the one. And so like that's obviously a historical moment. Plus the game was 128 to 126. So that's also historical too. So like, that was another game specifically I had there. But you're right, the NBA playoffs were they were really good playoffs. They were really good playoffs. They were up there. They were up there. Yeah. Um, keep going. Keep going with your um, more that I would add. So, I brought this one up because it was like, I remember watching. It was kind of crazy. Georgia beating Ohio State last college football playoffs because it happened literally as the clock yeah uh, as the clock struck twelve <laughs> so like it was like happy new year kick up and good for Georgia to be or for um a kick and missed for Ohio State to lose to Georgia in a game that Ohio State I didn't think even probably should have been in um two things I went I try to go across like a lot of sports. Uh, game five W or game four WNBA Asia Wilson had 24 and 16 to beat the Liberty 70 to 69 to be back to go back to back. And then Otani signing with the Dodgers just because that contract that's 700 mil. And then another baseball moment was Otani striking out Mike Trout in the world, ba- in the world baseball classic to end it. Yeah. Uh, that, that was uh, a cool moment. That was a huge, I mean, that was the two teammates, and obviously it's the U.S. and then Otani happens to strike out, so like the best American player happens to get struck out by the best player in the league, and it's like okay, that's kind of cool. So I that and that's a moment. It really for like all baseball fans, that's a true moment. So I wanted to bring that one up. I'm not sure if Trout is still the best American player though. That'd be my only thing. He probably. I mean, I he's that. right up there. It'd be him. I know Mookie's close. There's some other players yeah, as Mookie's well. Probably better. Than 
I was going to say, there's a couple other. Uh, you can play infield, outfield. Yeah, so I was going to say, so. yeah. So Mookie, I was going to say, there's conversations to be had with other people, Red but he's on a very short list. I'll, I'll say he's on a very short list of American players, and then Otani's just the best player that we don't need to argue, obviously. I was actually going to say that as well. I didn't want to include it because it seemed kind of phony, but that was one of the biggest stories of the year. Oh, like signing with the Dodgers. We're sports fans. I know we don't really cover baseball that much, but I mean, you grew up watching and and liking baseball. So did I. And Otani's a freak. So like, <laughs> that, that's a freak of a contract. That he's a freak of a player. And I've gotten a little bit more into baseball because of my uh, shout out Nady because my uh, friends in Florida. For sure, yeah. yeah. No, the the contract in general, the fact that he's got the majority of it deferred yeah. after his career, and he's going to be playing, you know almost on a minimum contract, and that's going to allow the Dodgers, again, in a, a league where there's no uh, salary cap anywhere, where they can go out and get anybody anyway. Yeah, so the they Dodgers. got they got that, I can't even pronounce his name, but that like number, that number one Japanese pro- uh, prospect between them, the contracts together is over a billion. They could, I mean, they could very well go on a early 2000s, late 90s type of Yankees run as far as just going to get these superstars. Uh, I guess yeah. that'd be more so the early to mid two thousands Yankees because the nineties yeah. Yankees were more a little more farm system I guess yeah they were but, a little more homegrown with Jeter um, and then Boone and everyone else and then like when you're talking when they got like a Rod and they were they were just throwing because that was basically when they're in their own Cold War arms race with the Red Sox because we raced them we got Dice K and after year one we're like yes Dice we stole one from the Yankees and then it was like oh man Dice K was like. All right, after that, it wasn't great. Had a couple, obviously, moments, but, like, nothing great. I'll say this, like, the Dodgers obviously should make the playoffs. So, I mean, that I hope. that alone will have me watching the Dodgers. Otani and... Well, you, you haven't seen Otani in a meaningful game yet. That'll get me to watch the... I mean, I usually try to watch, like, an inning here or there and see if it keeps me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, Otani in the postseason, I'll be watching some... Of course. ...baseball, barring that he's not injured. Um, of course. So yeah, I mean that was a big story to me, and I I, I do wonder if that's going to send a uh, excuse me send a trickle down effect with sports with these deferred contracts. I don't necessarily see it. I think Otani's cut from a different cloth, but that's something sports fans have always hypothetically and, said. Like, hey, why don't more players take a pay cut if they're getting all these endorsements? And so, it's baseball, so where like. It's the safest of all sports, but also it obviously has the most dangerous like aspect of it because obviously getting hit in the head with a baseball is like probably the most dangerous act in all of sports. Like obviously like a hockey stick or a hockey blade to the neck or something like that's like right up there. But like obviously like depending on how like how the hockey blade hat what happens to it, but like a baseball to the head can be obviously be catastrophic, especially if it's coming off of the bat at like one ten at a pitcher. So like it has the most dangerous aspect of that, but the game itself is the least taxing out of all team sports. You're not gonna have the same taxes like basketball, especially football or hockey. So I'm assuming that's probably why, especially in the football and hockey aspect, to where you're like nothing's guaranteed for me so i'm not gonna and i know what you're saying though like you could defer it to make it like it's guaranteed in like these years but at the same time people kind of like what they have now so i guess definitely well i mean it more so as a lot of these athletes like otani like if you're the otani of basketball it'd be lebron 
or Steph, like LeBron, Steph, uh, Luca, like they Avant- very well could defer their contracts to where you could. I mean, they make more than enough money on the court to where, especially the NBA, where your contracts are guaranteed. Well, that's uh, I've never under I've never understood that for my sake because I would always. I mean, we're also to I uh, me specifically for sure see what Tom Brady's doing. So Tom's going to be like the anywhere from like the eighth to the fifteenth highest paid quarterback, typically from a time to time. Like he's going to take money, but he's not going to take the highest highest amount of money until obviously, so he can get his weapons, so he can go win. Because in the long run, him winning seven Super Bowls is going to be more profitable than whatever contract he got at that time. Because again, him being winning Super Bowls would get some endorsements and all of that kind of stuff. But I just so I've never understood why players don't. Like, you can take here, just take there to give other people a little bit. I know you're supposed to feed your family, too, but I mean, like... The difference between $50 million and $20 million. Yeah, like... At that point, when you got endorsements, it's really not that bad. Yeah, like, it's... I mean, like, and I get it. Like, people, get your money when you can, but, like, if I can... If I can take a little bit of a discount, like, I know you're going to go use that to help me win, and that's going to be more profitable for me anyways. Like, whenever... They're going to announce you, and even for other like kind of lower tier people, like whenever they're going to announce you, it's going to be like, "Hey, Super Bowl champion X." Like there was Tom Brady, it's going to be seven time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, three time MVP Tom Brady. Um, the, the, those are what how you're going to announce him, and it's cooler. Seven's cooler than three. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. three is amazing. Don't get me yeah. wrong, three is elite company, but seven makes you I mean, a one on one. I think I brought this up on the podcast, maybe I didn't, but I remember someone brought it up on Instagram or maybe it was Gilbert Arenas, but it came up. It was like, you know, would you rather make five hundred million dollars in your career or would you rather make something like fifty million but have seven rings? Like basically a Robert Ori type career. And there was a lot of people in the comments who were like, five hundred million I could feed, you know, generations of my family and I made the point, and a few other people made the point. Like fifty million is also more than enough to feed your family, especially you know, invest you know, right it, it, do but smart things. Like you play to win the game. At the end of the day, I'm not a professional athlete, but I would hope but you have most more. players would want to do that. It doesn't seem like most players are playing to win. It seems yeah. like there's a certain few, but I don't. Of course, by and large, especially in the NBA. Of course, I mean we think about it. We're not. I mean, this is obviously it's the contract happened for a different reason. But we'd never have gotten the Kevin Durant Warriors without Steph Curry being on a lower deal, and like, and well, I'm, and, all, and I was gonna say that was different. I was gonna say that, as I said, like that, that's a different reason. That was because his ankles are bad. So when he signed his contract, he didn't get his. And there was a lot of, of other deal. factors, not just and, the Steph contract. Like the, that was right after the whole media boom contract and everything. Yeah, no, like was, if everything played to everything played together well, but more so, what I'm saying is like that the everything happening that way but the, your super in the end superstars having less money in that aspect you see they're able to win more you see a lot in the nfl right now where mahomes or like burrow got to the super bowl was it like jalen hurts about like jalen hurts did these quarterbacks getting to the super bowl and having their best teams on their rookie deals mm-hmm. and that's because you can give money elsewhere to everybody else it's a very big advantage when you have all right, I already have a top five quarterback, and I've got three years of him cheap. You can go, okay, I'm going to spend money here. I'm going to spend money here. I'm going to trade this, trade that, because you can try to go win quickly and win as much. So if you're a superstar, wouldn't you want to keep that? I don't 
that's just me. I mean, I guess if I was in the position, maybe it would be a little bit different. I don't want to just say it as if that, but I don't know. I just feel like you could take a little less. I, I would take, I personally at like my job, if I had to take less to make my job much easier and to get benefits in the end of it, I would do it. I can't agree there. Just because your everyday job's a little different. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, well, not my, my my specific job, like for no, but if I'm getting paid very well, and I have the opportunity to get paid a little bit less, and I get many more incentives further down the line that will benefit me more for the rest of my life, I would do that. I guess well, depends how you look at it. Unfortunately, again, especially in the NBA, it seems like many players do not care about winning. We've heard. Even players who have recently retired, not even on some hater shit, just be like, yeah, a lot of players really do not care about winning. Um, I've even heard Oscar Rivers allude to the fact, someone who's still kind of in the league, he's, yeah. uh, he hasn't been picked up yet, and maybe his career is over, maybe not, but he's played in the league very recently. Yep. He's someone, I think he's early 30s, too, and he's like, yeah. man, like the level of players that are in the league right now are kind of mature, and they don't really seem to be about getting better or about, you know, getting a legacy you know which is some like why that. someone like anthony edwards to me is like nice like i like, was really refreshing because he's like i his comment was like i don't really want to be an all-star like I've, he basically didn't want to be great if he didn't deserve to be great like it doesn't matter to him at this moment like he wants to be great before he gets like rewarded as being as such and it's like man it's nice to hear that he actually like strives to be great because with a lot of people it's like okay you strive to do well enough to get that big money contract. And then after that, just do something you like. <laughs> just do something you like a little bit, and then you can kind of roll on from there. But, yeah, I agree. I want to add to the best moments of 2023. Yep. Happened at the very beginning of the year, and that would be DeMar Hamlin, his life being saved on the field. That's got to be a top moment that's uh, to me that's the kind of top moment like obviously not in sports because like it wasn't a sport like sporting moment but in sport no i just i more so meant like it wasn't a play that happened it was like a save of like life and that obviously like that's the biggest moment of the entire year absolutely yeah i mean look that happened on january 3rd of last year i believe a game that very much was going to decide playoff positioning for both teams, for the Bills and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Game gets cut completely short. Uh, rightfully so. Re- rightfully so, but, you know, the NFL is the league in America, and for them to cancel a game, that t- shows you, like, how serious that situation yeah. was. And for, you know, the medical crew, and an intensely pressure situation in front of, you know, you're trying to save a guy's life in front of fans, in front of, both teams televised uh, televised you know, <laughs> like, that's that's televised a high, that's a high pressure situation in itself in an isolated situation like that's at a restaurant that's wherever that's already high pressure let alone in front of a ton of fans in front of both teams in front of both coaches uh like you said televised that's that's insanely just that's an insane amount of pressure it and is for them to come through and to remain entirely professional through the whole thing you know most importantly safe the young man's life that's a it's a beautiful thing absolutely it's it's an incredible story and uh, he'll probably win comeback player of the year just by Mm -hmm. proxy of him coming back and playing a few games yeah but he's got i i could feel i hope like if the bills do go on a run it'd be so fitting if he made like a game saving pick or something like that that'd be so fitting pick six or something like a a, a pick a game winning pick six would literally like 
I think Twitter and like the sports world would explode. <laughs> like it might just like explode if that was to happen. Very well, mate. Very well, mate. But uh, you know, I'm glad to see him back. Yeah, it's an amazing story. I do hate anytime anybody, especially if it happens to be a Bills game, anytime someone's like about to get carted off, like to be for an Achilles or for an ankle, they like pan the camera to him. Yeah, no, that's like that. But yeah, I get it. But like anytime anything like serious happens, you'll see Demar Hamlin's face, and you're like, (laughs) okay, like that wasn't involved. Like we're glad you're healthy. That also wasn't involving you. It's like. It's like that one for me and kind of for you. Anytime you said anything about being black in history class and you're the one black kid, everyone would just turn to you always and you're like, okay, like, I, yes, I'm African American, guys, I get it. <laughs> but like, any Very t- specific, yeah, we did go to all white schools growing up. So, yeah, yeah it definitely. <laughs> just any, anytime you heard like anything like Martin Luther King, like it was really bad for black. Okay, uh, <laughs> like, okay, uh, guys. What do, you, what do you think about this? Like, Kyle, do you have a different perspective than the rest of the class? (laughs) Um, Why would I? (laughs) We all we understand it's bad, right? And we understand this is bad. Uh, You mentioned LeBron earlier. Yeah. And I'm I'm a I want to say known critic of LeBron, but I've said before on here like how much he can annoy me just with the flopping and shit. Yeah. I mean, Kyle, if if you had a label, you'd be a LeBron hater. If I had a label, I'd be a Kobe hater. So, like, it's fine. I guess. I <laughs> but guess you're not actually... But you'd be a hater, but you're not actually hating. You're just telling the truth of the matter. But, like, that's really, a, that's hating. I really like LeBron. Like, I, really I like do. Kobe. Yeah, and, he's really uh, good. <laughs> I'll say this. I don't know what it is, but this season, I've got this, like, new renowned love for LeBron. And I'm, like, appreciating him more because like it's insane what he's doing because like, he shut up like he hasn't really... he hasn't said like he hasn't said stuff about the roster being top heavy he's just basically at least i haven't seen anything this year he's just seemed to be going out there and playing basketball at a top five player level when there's no business for him to be playing at that level like he should he should be the at max like the 40th best player in the league right now with his age given his miles and everything but like game seven you might take him two after Jokic. <laughs> and that's fair. To, it'd be fair to take him two after Jokic right now, the way he's, because he's still playing great. And even if you took him over Jokic, like, I wouldn't, but like, I would still even make sense because of the way he's playing and how many games he's been in. Yeah, and you notice in the in season tournament, he seems to be just having a good time. Like, he seems to be having a lot more fun. You might have even mentioned it a couple podcasts ago, but like, he's. He's acting more so like he did early in his career, like the early Cavs teams, where he was just going out and having fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brady with the Bucks, it kind of reminds you on that first Super Bowl run where Brady kind of just bit. looked like, like Brady he, just he looked, didn't even seem like he was having fun. Like they yep. had that clip after they won the Super Bowl where everyone was cheering and he was just packing up his bag. <laughs> <laughs> so like LeBron legitimately just seems like he's having fun, a yeah. fun time. Like he seems to fit the Lakers now. A couple years ago. It was weird that LeBron was on the Lakers, like, but now he seems like a Laker in the way Kobe was. Not the way Kobe and Magic are, they're lifetime Lakers, but in the week, at, excuse me, at least in the way that Shaq was. Shaq. You can identify them as Lakers. Yeah. He's like in between brand. Shaq. It was like Shaq and LeBron right now, Kareem, and then Magic Kobe, because obviously Kareem was a buck and then was a Laker, but he was a Laker for more of a long-term period. Yeah, then. And I mean, Shaq and, Shaq and Kareem, I mean, they got – 
they got more wins. Shaq's got the three P, so he's he's obviously ahead. Of yeah, those, but he's at yeah. least in the identification phase. Because that's Shaq more so what I meant. Not Shaq the actual a lot of, for a lot of teams, much like Brown. Yeah, doesn't say Shaq got his MVP in his three in his three three of his four rings. There, Kareem got five of his six rings in like at least three. I think two or three of his MVP, three of his six MVPs there. So like, yeah. Let me ask you this though: mm-hmm. We have one hour or less than an hour before we get to the second day of twenty twenty four. Yep. Do you have any predictions? Give me. Could be three to five, but we'll keep it at three. And if you got more than that, go ahead. But let's. Cap it at three, and if you got more, whatever. But give Year me three 2024 sports, maybe even music predictions if you want. If you want to go three music, three sports. All right, so J. Cole, The Fall Off, will be dropping this year, and it'll be his best album ever. Based on what? Off of everything he's been doing. He, like, we're, we have... Are we going to talk music at all, like 2023 music? Because I know we're going to post some graphics about it. Are we going to talk about it? I'm not as prepared as I was. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, because J. Cole Cole has been, to me, is the 2023 artist MVP, and he didn't put out an album. I, to me, like, with, in hip-hop, the things that we've talked about the most were two of, three of his verses. All My Life... Uh, Secret Recipe, First Person Shooter would be three of the most talked about things in rap. He had the feature with Gucci Mane, There I Go. That was great. Like, he's had so many features this year. Like, was to, all my life talked about like that? Um, early on it was, yeah. At least, at least from what I saw, it was really talked about. And obviously that song was huge. But, like, obviously, like, the Secret Recipe and First Person Shooter are, like, two, like, iconic. Right? It's going to be, I, I mean, I don't know. They're legendary fish. Cole versus mm-hmm. some of his best ever. So he would be like my 2023 MVP in like the run he's been on. It seems like he's getting even better and better. And like the album's been waiting, like it's been building and building. So I'm building even more anticipation for it. And I think it's going to be a step up from the off season. And even that's a real, uh, that's very good. And so it's really just going to compete with that in 2014 Forest Hills drive. And I think that this is, my prediction is that he's dropping the fall off 2024 and it will be his best album. That is my, that's one prediction. You have a month prediction? <sighs> Probably around May. I can see that. I could see, I think it could be kind of like it was for the, um, for the off season. I could see it being like playoff time, um, instrumental anthems, a couple of them. Cause like this seems to be what happens. Like every year, like an album will drop, and then you'll see like NBA will just have like a couple beats in the background. I think he, like Pride is the Devil and Amari were two of the ones during that when that album came out. Uh, but um, I definitely I think that J Cole around like the Mayish time will have that. That's one sports one. Oh yeah, I've had this pre- I've had this prediction for a year plus now. That it will be UConn versus Iowa in the women's college basketball final this year, and it'll be okay. Paige Beckers versus Caitlin Clark. Okay. Right now, that's not looking great on the UConn side. UConn they lost Ozzy Fudd, so that's one of their two, three best players. I should say Lee Edwards is great, and so that's a, that's a better name, Ozzy Fudd. yeah, 
Yeah, as I'll say, she's she's going to be probably a top 10-ish pick at guard in next year, I want to say, or if not two years from now, I think it's next year. Um, there's a lot of really, really good teams this year. UCLA has made their stretch. South Carolina's amazing. LSU starting to get back into form because Angel Reese is now back, and they, they hit in, uh, their freshman class. This freshman class is going to kind of be – when they all get drafted, it's going to be similar to what this draft class is going to be. They have hmm. they have some dogs in this class. Notre Dame has one. She's averaging like five and a half steals per game. Uh, LSU, I was going to say LSU, I think it's Michaela Williams. She's a monster. Um, South Carolina, I can't think of the guard's name right now, but she has Kyrie handle like for a woman. So like she's actually got, she's got legitimate moves, but um my prediction, Paige Beckers versus Caitlin Clark, because I used to say that that's going to be what Bird and Magic essentially was to the WNBA in the sense of bringing it, like, how they met, obviously, in the college basketball championship, and then they brought, like, the WNBA up more. I think Caitlin Clark's going to has already helped do that anyways, and then that's just going to take it to another level, too. So that's one sports one that I have. If you have any off the top of your head right now, go, because I'm still <laughs> Still thinking? Oh, yeah, because like three of them was for the entire year kind of threw me on the spot. So I'm kind of just trying to think about them, but not just say like random things like, yeah, Giannis is going to score 100 points or something like that. I'm trying to actually make them realistic, real thoughts. I have two for sports. Okay. I don't really have anything for music right now off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a prediction for music, but we kind of mentioned it the other day. Yeah. I would like to see Kendrick drop something just to... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want it to be another five years. I don't want him to have a Lauren Hill type career. I do want to see if he's still hungry about this shit. Yep. I get he has a different process than someone like Cole. Obviously, Drake puts out music every three, four months. But I would like to see. You know, if you want to take a year off, fine. Like he's been very quiet, unless it's a you know Baby King record. But from twenty from his start to twenty seventeen, he took a fine amount of time, like two and a half years. Like it was like we're waiting, but like. Section 80 to Good Kid Mad City and then Good Kid Mad City to um to Pimper Butterfly that was like two and a half years but then you had the BET cipher you had control in between that you had other features in between that and then afterwards you waited like two years but then you had damn and then he just fell and then he went on this is Frank Ocean hiatus and I was like well what are we doing like the two years you don't have to be Drake but, like, if you were even doing half of what Cole was doing, I'd be happy. Like, Cole's hopping on everything and killing it. If you just hopped on, like, five or five songs in the year of 2024 and maybe gave us, like, two singles. And, uh, you know, Frank's another one who we haven't heard from in a while that hopefully we hear from in 2024. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been, anytime he does anything, it's a rumor that he's dropping music, and then he never does. So who knows? Um, excuse me, I'm burping over here. But this one's probably more specific to me. But Fab's been dropping freestyles the last three Fridays. Yeah. And they all sound very soul tape-ish. Uh, he has this, he has, I mean, he does this, you know, death only comes in threes. So yeah. he won't drop like a fourth installment of a series. But man, if all three of them didn't sound like they should be on a soul tape record, I wouldn't be a Fab fan. Because those sound like definitely like they're going to be on a soul tape four. Yeah, it would be weird if it was, but so I hope Fab drops very soon. It seems like he is. It's been a few years. I mean, you know, I'm sure our younger demographic could give a fuck less about Fab, but for me, 
Yeah, I'm definitely waiting on a fat project. So, and he sounds like he's rapping. He sounds like he's hungry. Uh, he's he's always been consistent. So, would very much love a fat mixtape, fat record to come out in 2024. Um, sports though, I think Belichick's back. I think Belichick's back. As a really getting coach. a Washington, Michigan, uh, college playoff. Sorry, you. I mean, Washington's up right now in the third quarter on Texas. Sorry. What's the score? Uh, they're up twenty-eight to twenty-one. I hope it's Texas and Michigan. I really do. Shout out to Michigan though. If Harbaugh, if Harbaugh wins it, that's gonna be big for him. Sorry, sorry. All, well, all three of mine have to do with football. Okay. No related to that, actually. So sorry. I think Belichick comes back. Yep. And maybe I shouldn't even say that because we'll be talking about that within the next few weeks. I mean, so Belichick comes back. I mean, we'll find we should find that out soon, right? You yeah. Think? Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL. Maybe with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then I think I think Tom Brady comes back to the NFL in 2024. Uh, we've heard him talk about recently how today's game has slipped and he was talking about it like he'd been out of the league for five years like he didn't just play last year and how the quality of the league has slipped this and that so who Uh, does he come back to that i'm not sure but i think when you combine his words when you combine that he signed with fox i think maybe two years ago at this point he signed with fox to be 2024 season so okay he's supposed to be like this coming season supposed to be his year to be taking like Greg Olson's position, and I'll kind of believe it when I see it with that. I'm I felt that I think that'd be fun. I feel that way about I feel the same way about Brady broadcasting the way I did about Conor McGregor coming back, and it looks like he's coming back International Fight Week against Michael Chandler at middleweight no less, which that's that's a story for another day. Yeah, but that's at least announced. And I'll still believe it when I see it, but that's at least officially announced, or it seems to be. Brady, broadcasting, just everything about it. Um, Again, when you combine Flacco coming back, you can't tell me that Brady's not watching Joe Flacco, who looked not great the last two, three years we saw him play. You can't tell me Brady's like, okay, I can't do that. Um, Then he, he, I believe it was in his notes app. I don't know. I saw something real quick about it. I didn't take the time to read it. But he said how one of his... And I could be getting this wrong because I literally like glanced at it and then took a mental note of it, of this one part I'm about to mention. But he mentioned one of the great moments of his year, maybe, or whatever, was how they threw him a surprise retirement party. And it was relevant because he wasn't planning on retiring at all and how that kind of influenced his mm-hmm. retirement. Um, so he, why would you just throw that out there with what reason if you're really happily retired and i don't believe he's happily retired at all i don't think and by the way if he doesn't come back this year i could see him coming back in 25 or 26 i don't think he's done at all i've said it prior i said it last year i thought he was going to play this year even after the retirement but i've said it he's he reminds me out of anybody the most to mj and mj could not quit it i think mj would have came back at 50 listen here's the thing if that's the case, here's what needs to happen. New England, New England, I'm going to, a little PSA for you. Um, so what we need to do, we, together, is we need to make sure we get Marvin Harrison Jr., for sure. Uh, we need to 
retain Hunter Henry. I think that'd be cool. Kendrick Bourne, uh, Demario Douglas. I think that would be fine. Um, I would like another big body receiver. I think that would be. I like Tom. I think he got used to having a Mike Evans. Uh, so if we could find ourselves another big body receiver, that'd be cool. And then we draft a quarterback within like the like in the fourth round at that point, like later on. And what Tom does is for one or two years, we talk to him there, and then we go in another Super Bowl, and then we have eight, and we ride off in the sunset. I'm going to let you know right now, if Tom Brady comes to the Patriots, I could not care what their ro- roster is. They're winning the Super Bowl. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It sounds like a homer. It doesn't really matter to me. He's going to come in and win the Super Bowl because he's going to come in a top eight quarterback. I'm telling you right now, he's going to come in a top eight quarterback. Tell me Joe Flacco can play top 10 quarterback right now within the league. His that's statistically in the way he's playing in Tom camp. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, people were going to reach out to Phillip Rivers. The Niners were going to reach out to Phillip Rivers. And we've heard other teams. I think the Saints last year were talking about reaching out to Phillip Rivers. Why <laughs> wouldn't something happen to if Brock Purdy for some reason wasn't the 49ers future? Tom would go to the Tom would go to San Fran and it would be Can you imagine? If Tom was on San we already feel like San Fran's like a lock for the Super Bowl and like probably should win it. If Tom was on that team right now, I'm not sure there's a single person that's not pick. Like, I, like it would just be over. It would. Re- I mean, and and Brock Purdy's playing amazing, like amazing football. It's just the fact that like we've seen Brock Purdy in situations to where things got a little tough, and he hasn't always made the plays. And you're like, okay, so Tom's gonna have to just throw some outs to Debo and make the right decision. I have George Kittle. He might not be Gronk, but he's the closest thing to it in this mod. Like, okay, I guess. He even posted the IG, like him still working out with Edelman and like Amendola. (laughs) Brady and Edelman are going to make a comeback together. Edelman probably not, but. No, Edelman wouldn't. Brady's still in game shape. Brady's, you cannot tell me anytime he sees Flacco completing a touchdown pass. That he's like, I could, I could fucking do that. If right Flacco now. gets to like the AFC Championship game this year, I think that might influence him. Might just be one of those things where, like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I guess. See. I, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. And if he doesn't come back, I, I believe it'll at least be heavily considered by him. I believe that. Um, oh, I would man. like to come up with an NBA prediction, but we do so much of that with our preseason. Um, so I can't really give you a definitive. NBA 24 prediction right now. Other than, okay, I'll say this, and this is vague, that maybe here within the next six weeks we get a big trade. Yeah, no, I already had my prediction of Kevin Durant getting traded to the Warriors. Um, That's true, yeah, you did say that. that, And I'm going to, I'll double down on that. that Kevin Durant, by the end of 2024 for sure for me, I said possibly this season, probably this season, he's going to get traded to the Warriors. Um, so that would be my NBA one. My NFL one is on their – nope, not going to say it. not going to say it quite yet. And the reason why I'm not going to say it is because I don't want to give away further predictions that we're going to have. So I'm not going to quite say it yet. Just a great play from a great player doing great things in the playoffs of the NFL. There's a lot of great players and a lot of great plays they can make, so it's very vague. But stay, stay tuned to our predictions for the playoffs, and you we'll guess that's with Lamar Jackson. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Any other predictions? Music? 
the football otherwise. Um, I'm going to have a battle rap prediction. Uh, Loaded Lux is uh, battling Rum Nitty this year. It's hopefully going to be it's going to be in a small room. That's a prediction, even though it's a main stage style battle. And it's going to be the best Loaded Lux we've seen since 2013, 2014, when he battled. I think 2013 was when he battled Hollow. It's going to be a great Loaded Lux. I'm very, very excited for it. He's going to be prepared, ready. He's going to take some notes, and it's going to be... It's going to be one of the best loaded lucks we've ever had. I'm hopeful. I'm very, very hopeful. I don't have anything for music as of yet. We are getting Kanye and Ty Dollar allegedly next Friday. Mm. Um, I think that's going to be an amazing album. That's not even a prediction. That's just, I'm telling you, it's going to be an amazing album. Um, But I'm skeptical it'll come out on the 12th. It's already been pushed back twice. So... There's that. I cannot wait for that. I think it'll be an interesting music year. We've heard Drake say that he's taking two years off, but he followed that up with the deluxe to uh, for all the dogs immediately after that. Uh, so it'll be weird because, yeah, it does seem like it's cold normally. And it's been, I think he's been quality-wise, and we've talked about this a number of times, he's quality-wise probably been the best the last four years out of him, Drake, and Kendrick. Absolutely. He absolutely has. Like, Drake. Kendrick puts out quality. He just doesn't have normal... He doesn't have the quantity with it. Drake puts out the quantity, but doesn't always have the quality with it. And J. Mm-hmm. Cole has both. Mm-hmm. He has the quantity of the fact that he's on so well many said. features, and he has the albums. But then he also... Every... You can't point me out one bad Cole verse or one bad Cole song. And you, I could definitely sift through you and give you some Drake songs that could have been thrown away, and <laughs> I could try to search for Kendrick. <laughs> like I can try, like we've got maybe twenty-two, I mean, like probably eighteen to twenty-two songs of Kendrick over the last like six years. Yeah, that's that's tough. That is tough. Yeah, so it's all set up. I mean, his last album was great. But if Drake's really like completely on the sidelines, maybe barring features, but even if he I can't imagine Drake not featuring, but who knows? But it's all set up for Cole to have a monster twenty four. As he yeah. should. But. It's about time and he could also I feel like he also has like an opportunity to have like maybe like a, the game's most game changing verse since like control. Like hmm. he could have something like that in him right now because this guy just feel like he's on on that kind of trajectory right now and like he could do something like that also i would love to see like artists hop into a bet cypher again like obviously like they have cypher but i would like to see like a dreamville cypher like you have like jid you have uh cole you have say reason goes there even though he's like kind of top dog too but like you have like a Dreamville go into it like they had obviously 2013 is what I'm thinking of too when Kendrick had his like the TDE cipher but it'd be cool for them to do those again and not just have a bunch of random people and then you have your hip hop artists here and there not that those rappers those people can't rap it'd be cool to just have your mainstream guys doing it but I mentioned this to you the other day and this is interesting to me uh and you know I mentioned how Fab like He's not completely irrelevant. Like, he's definitely, like, 
the people who who mess with Fab and listen to Fab or yeah. listen to New York hip hop, like you're aware of Fab at least, right? Yep. Nicki Minaj, her album dropped two weeks ago, maybe. Uh, December eighth, so like so about a so about a month ago. And I feel like it came and went, and it's interesting to me because anytime she does anything. Like, I'm talking like if she just does an IG live, it's like top she, trending on Twitter. Like her fans are much like Rihanna's fans, or much like Taylor Swift's fans. Like the barbs are fucking insane. Or yeah. Beyonce's fans even. So she's very much relevant on social media. On the album. And she still puts out quality music. Like I haven't heard anything lack from her. Like she definitely puts mm-hmm. out her dance tracks here and there. But she can still rap. She's still in the Nicki Minaj. Yeah, the album was pretty solid. I actually I liked it. I didn't I, listen through it. I like uh, it. I downloaded the songs that had features, like the Cole verse and all that. And I listened here and there, and it sounded quality. But are you getting the same vibe that it kind of just came in? The yeah, no, you haven't, you haven't heard really too much of it. Like, it's been, all right, Nicki dropped an album, Pink Friday 2. And you, you felt it was going to be even bigger because obviously, like... It was a sequel album? It was a sequel album to what I consider her best album, but also it was her most hip-hop album. And maybe like because you don't, but again she had like songs for everything, so like I figured I just figured you would hear more of it. Like I don't even hear it all that much on the radio. I hear some of like more of her features, like either Ice Spice or Lil Uzi Vert or whatever. Like I don't really see a lot of her songs. The only one that's really I hear so far is Needle with Drake, and that has more of like a dancey-ish kind of feel to it kind of like where drake's sound like he took a lot of it during 2016 on views kind of has that more bounce to it where it makes sense as to why it'd be a song that people would listen to she's really interesting to me because again she seems super relevant from a social media standpoint she's undoubtedly maybe the biggest female hip-hop act ever and you could argue that there's better rappers like I could say Lil' Kim or Foxy are better rappers. Rap, Rhapsody's a better rapper. And Rhapsody, uh, especially for today's. Yeah. And I mean, that's a debate, too. But yeah, Rhapsody's I, I definitely was, lyrical. Rhapsody yeah. can definitely she, <laughs> But when Nicki's on her bullshit, I mean, come on. Now, oh, no, Nicki's up there. Like, it's she's absolutely there. But, like, but I was thinking like about Rhapsody, it. I'm just thinking about some of her verses that, like, uh, her on um, Kendrick's song on To Pimp a Butterfly, Can't Think About It. I can't think of the name of it right now. And then she has a song on Reasons album, though she has the verse of the entire album. Like Rhapsody can obviously just like rap, but I think her rapping ability, she's a little bit better than Nikki. But like Nikki has that, but she has more presence. Like Cardi, like Cardi B already have Cardi B obviously has more presence than Rhapsody, but she doesn't have like the rapping capabilities that Rhapsody does, of course. And that's kind of taking it to why she's interesting. Like I saw. Mm-hmm. I happened to see Missy Elliott on the news, not that I watched the news, but they were talking to her about, like, because she's getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which mm. is essentially the Music Hall of Fame. I don't really know why it's just called the Rock and Roll. Yeah. That's a conversation for another day. And Missy Elliott, as a talent, is super talented. Like, yeah. She's very much like Buster Rhymes as far as she's lyrical. She can give you dope music videos. She can dance. She can even sing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Missy's just a super talent. But... Yeah. I mean, her heyday was the late, mid to late 90s to the early 2000s. 2010s, she obviously fell off. She took a break, though. I mean, she definitely yeah. she wasn't trying to be relevant in music. Nikki, the first we really hear from Nikki is probably 2009. Yeah. And now we're 2024, and she's still very much relevant. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, she's kind of known for being insecure of the new female rappers, but she's just interesting because, like, like I said, when she wants to go, she can go as far as rapping. Like, she can just snap. I would... She seems relevant. Mm-hmm. And then you got someone like Cardi, who I've said, I don't know if Cardi will ever put out another album. I saw she debuted some music in Miami last night at, uh, at wherever club her and Offset were at. But, like, I mean, we see it from Cardi every year. She puts out two or three songs. And they do they well. Smash. They smash for her, and she can just sit on that. Which good for her. That's an amazing strategy. We've never seen anybody execute it quite like that. No. She hasn't released an album, and now what'll be six years, right? If mm. this this what probably April May I think it dropped around that time. That comes and goes with no album. That's six full years where your biggest star, your biggest rap star, for female rap probably, Cardi, has not dropped an album, and she's still just as relevant, if not more relevant. Than she was six years ago. Yeah, because she drops. I was gonna say her and Meg The Stallion now seem to just hop on once a year and drop like a hit, and then she'll drop like another hit and like have maybe like a feature with Offset and then call it a day. Yeah. Um, I would. This is obviously a fantasy, and it would never happen. But I would love to see, like obviously, as I was talking to ciphers, I'd love to see a woman cipher. If you had like Nikki, Cardi, Meg The Stallion, Lotto, and a couple other women like in a cipher, so just to see, just to see how it, cause like. Lotto can actually rap, Meg can actually rap, Cardi actually can rap, and so Nikki can too. There's other women that can rap as well. Um, but just having all of those, especially the big faces, I think that would be even or even just those four, I think that would be a fire cipher. And that would be kind of fun. Cause I think that all of them would try to one up each other, and I think that could be actually kind of interesting. It's weird because all of them seem to take shots at one another. I remember one point last year, it seemed like every female rapper was beefing, and no one knew why. <laughs> but it seemed like all of them were beefing at one point. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like, literally everyone you named on top of other rappers mm. seemed to be beefing in some, some form or fashion. If but, you Okay, so I do have one more question for you. Sure. If you were to see a rap beef right now, who would you want to see it between? Do you want me to promote negativity? Do you want me to quote? Well, what I want. well, I mean, I mean, more like a, by rap beef, I more so just mean a couple diss tracks. Yeah, I don't no, mean I like you, actual I negativity. I'd love to see the. I mean, call me basic, but shit. I mean, I'd love to see the Kendrick Drake one. That seems to be there, but neither one of them want to actually admit to it. Um, I, that one, because we know Drake can step up to the plate and actually give good diss song, good diss tracks, and we obviously know Kendrick can do whatever he wants to do. So like that would actually be really. Yeah, he's also he's throwing subliminals and then like drake isn't throwing subliminals at kendrick since ever <laughs> really it's been forever the first one i can fully remember was on 6 p.m in new york it was like and that was 2014 but it was probably even before 2014 he was throwing something i just hadn't even like can't think of it right now but that was the first one that i truly remember that he threw like a little subliminal at him but yeah I, that's I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind seeing like Meek Mill in another beef. I think that would be kind of cool. I just don't know with who. It's funny that you say Meek. It's it's funny that we're mentioning. We're still talking about rappers from technically yesteryear. That yeah. Were popular in the 2010s. Like I just don't, like I, I wouldn't want to see like Annalie Choppa and like Lil Baby <laughs> in a beef. Like that just doesn't sound or like Young Boy and Choppa in a beef. Like that just doesn't sound cool to me. Like yeah, I, I just. Like Corday would be interesting. Like if you're like talking some newer acts, like Corday and Little Baby actually wouldn't be terrible because Little Baby actually can rap. Corday can 
obviously rap as well. The state of rap is interesting. I was going to continue with it with the, the female rap because they seem to get a lot of flack because, like, the two most popular right now would be, like, Ice Spice and Sexy Red. And they promote just ratchetness and whatever because guess what? So did Cardi, so did Nicki, so did Lil' Kim. They just brought the lyrics with it. And maybe yeah. not as much Cardi, but you get the point I'm making. Cardi like, still, she's, Car- Cardi she's has bars. a lot. Cardi has bars with the fact of what she's doing more than Ice Spice. For sure. It's more than Ice Spice or Sexy Red. You hear people complain all the time about the female rappers. Uh, You take the City Girls from, we'll say 2018, the same time when Cardi really popped Mm -hmm. off as far as an artist. City Girls were big. Uh, We we heard when they dropped their album a couple of months ago that it only sold 2,000 units. I hope that's not true for them. Uh, But again, they still seem relevant online. So, I mean, the female rap space is very interesting to me. But I think it kind of mirrors the the male rap space too, because although Young Boy's huge, and you mentioned Enelie Chopper, he seems to be huge with the early twenties demographic. Yeah, and maybe I'm all the way out of the loop because I just listened to my Spotify. This was the first week in forever I've listened to like Sirius, mm-hmm. Sirius XM Radio. Yeah. You had it on, and you know they had the usual suspects, and we would kind of bounce around. So I didn't really hear the rap stations the most, but. I mean, they still weren't playing. I didn't hear a lot of Young Boy. I didn't hear a lot of the newer artists. It still seemed like Lil Baby. It still seemed like they were going to play like Drake and Cole and, and, and maybe Yachty. And even Yachty's been out for a few years. Yeah, you'll hear a lot of, you still hear Chris Brown everywhere. I mean, obviously, he's not like hip hop, hip hop, but he'll still find his way on any station. So you'll find, you'll see Chris Brown. So it's interesting. It just seems like since I'll use the cutoff of 2018, it seems like since then, or maybe even 2020, we'll say. Seems like raps lacked an identity. It's not that the rap game's whack or anything like that. I'm not saying it. Obviously, it's lacked something, but it truly does lack an identity, and it truly does lack a a who's gonna carry it after Drake. Before well, people say Jack Harlow, he seems to be going more pop than ever. I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong about he's, that. No, he's kind of he's kind of in his Drake, where Drake's just like in and out of. He kind of he really is like a mini Drake in the sense, but like he's not selling like Drake, of course, but again, it's a sense where he can go on this side here and then bounce to this side here and kind of just do his own thing. He's not like truly hip-hop anymore, or truly rap, but he's not someone who you could take out of rap. He can still give you a verse. And like, oh, okay, that, that was a good verse from Jack. I completely agree with you because it's like, who is... It'd be like if LeBron... Well, obviously LeBron and Steph are like giving the crown, like obviously because they're going to retire here in the next few years, and then there's just no one to take it. There's no Lucas. There's no there's Wemby's, there's no Luca, no Wemby, no Jokic, no Giannis. Like your best player would have been someone like, like Jimmy Butler, which is really cool. And like Jimmy, and even that's like different, like because Jimmy obviously is a playoff guy, but he's not your regular season guy. Like, your best player in the league can't be Desmond Bain, Jalen Brown, and a couple others. You're like, okay. Like, the, the, like they're like those are really good basketball players. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're top 30 basketball players, really good. They can do a lot of good things, a.k.a. they make a lot of good music. They can do things. But Desmond Bain's not the face of a league. Like, there's no – right now, there's no – even John Morant. Like, there's no John Morants. There's no Lillards. There's, it doesn't feel like there's – it's all – they just all feel like they're older guys. Like Kendrick could be the face of hip hop again if he just wanted to put out music. Like it'll be one of the faces. Let me say because Drake's literally always got his face and stamped here until he wants to leave. 
like little baby felt like he was going to do that. And like, he probably would be of your newer age guys for the most part. But even then, like, then it seems like he's taking a step back. It feels like he's just been in his own lane. Like he's just like, he's now, baby can spit. Um, but yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like people are like, it seemed like he was about to become that, that Luca. Yes. And it seems like, I don't know if people were saying this about the baby because it's actually true with the baby that he, he puts a lot, a lot of the same sound records out, the bouncy type records, but even mm-hmm. the baby puts out quality music. Yeah. He's, his stars fall for whatever reason. But little baby, I saw that discourse with him where people are like, it sounds like he puts out a lot of the same music, which may or may not be true, but I don't know. I would at least say his music still sounds motivated. And I've heard that maybe baby fans don't believe that but like his last album was really good mm-hmm. but i would agree it did it's, sound a lot like his previous album yeah it's still so like it's know. still drake like a lot of people that because obviously i work with i work at dick's so like i work there's people who are, who are like 17 18 years old 16 year olds even because we do hire some minors up to 25 26 27 whatever and a lot of them it is drake like they're like yeah, yeah. i listen to drake most like Which so like, gotta be. I mean, no but same. so i don't really hear too many like it's other hip hop was rap. for me when I was seventeen, where he was the biggest name from the prior era, but he was still put on music. Yeah. So it's still gonna be Drake. Oh, of least. course, I'm just I was just thinking like there's not really too many like Nelly Choppa is one of the people, or like Young Boy have been a couple of the other people who are mentioned hip hop wise, but like otherwise, it's really been Drake. You'll mention J Cole. You'll mention some people like Kendrick. Still, um, obviously, Kendrick was more of like a you liked him before and then you just still like him. And then kind of after that, it's like, they just kind of just listen to whatever is hot at the time. Yeah. And, like, uh, like they're not sexy red fans. They just like, they'll ski all the way around the <laughs> all the way around life. So, <laughs> but they're not like uh, huge, sexy red fans. Unfortunately, like this is where you really feel a loss of, you know, someone like Nipsey or, you know, I know they were going through their beef, when when takeoff unfortunately was taken from us, but like even X or X, yeah, I mean X. he was actually he was really supposed to be the Luca and all that. Yeah, uh, X was really and Juice, Juice World. World. Like those two, they really had a handle on like compression rap, you know, and that, which is you know they were heavily influ- influenced by Wayne, but yeah, those two were supposed to be it, and they were taken yeah. from us. And where Nipsey, he he was in his early thirties when he was taken from us. So we would have gotten more mature records and we would have gotten certainly more relevant records. I mean, he was coming off a classic album. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he would have continued, much like Pusha T's second arc, like after he left yeah. Clips, I, feel, I believe Nipsey would have gone through that with his career. Where yeah, it would have been quality that's projects. Three, quality that's three projects. people who could have been three of your top seven right now. Like they could be up in like that. Yeah, so that's three of your top, it's like seven to ten that could have been there that are gone. Unfortunate, very, very much, unfortunately. So for sure, no. I mean, look, we we definitely miss Nipsey. Like it, it becomes mm-hmm. more and more apparent. Like we knew that at the time, but like he would absolutely be putting quality music out. But you mentioned Meek, which reminds me, along with Nipsey, they put out that. Meek and Ross record, which I think that's one of the best projects of the year. Yeah. And that kind of came and went. Like, it just doesn't seem like it... Not that it's supposed to. I think that's more so for them. I believe they want to do it for the music, for hip-hop, and whatever the numbers are, the numbers. And if it's popular, I mean, it was street music. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
it was real quality, and unfortunately, you don't hear the music played there's, around a lot. And I wonder what the case is going to be. There's the not community. a rap album this year that's stuck that's not named Drake, and that's just because it's Drake. Like Drake will forever. Drake was always going to have two or three songs on everything that's going to be a smash. He's going to have a couple songs that are like to the hip hop community going to be fire, and then he'll move on from there. But so he will always have songs regardless but take drake out of it there's not really a hip-hop album that like stuck there's not really ones that do anymore like i think it's only gonna be your older generation of like cole will probably have one that will stick and other things like that i don't think you're really gonna have those anymore it's gonna be more so just tiktok songs trends and then like a song like a song from this artist because people don't really listen for albums they listen for songs which has been trending that way for years, obviously, especially in the streaming era. And but COVID did it in, I think, because you just were listening for. Testing. I do, I do hope that album gets its due because we, I've said this time and time again. Every project he puts out, whether it's a collab project or whether it's his own, he improves as a rapper. Every single project I hear him, and you know Ross obviously has an ear for beats, so every just about every beat on that album is fire. Ross does his thing. And Meek did his thing. So I just hope that album gets its just due. Um, I know we don't have to go deep, deep into it. Do you have a favorite album of the year? It would probably be... You know, it's funny I say that. Like Those are two of my favorite artists. Yeah, And that was one of my favorite projects. But I don't think I listened to it as much as I should have. Right? Yeah. I still I still got time to live with it. Which, uh, which would be the case with her loss last year, too. I put mm-hmm. that on my top ten albums last year. And didn't really listen to it as in depth until 2023. Yeah. Though it came out in 2022. Um, I'd probably say the Brent Fies record, Larger Than Life. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I listened to it a lot when it came out. Um, so I'd say that that's not with a huge confidence. There was other, I mean, I got my list right here. I got a list of about 20, 25 yep. even, yep. that I whittled down to 10. So I put Brent's at the top of the list, Don Tolliver's album, Love Sick, Travis Scott's album, Astro World. That was great when it came out, but I didn't listen to it as much as I thought I would. After, mm-hmm. Like, I listened to it heavy that first week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Didn't really go back to it. The Astro World? Did I put the wrong name? What was it? Utopia. It was Utopia. Why the fuck I put Astro <laughs> Like, I thought about it. I was like, wait, no, Astro. I just called it my own fucking. <laughs> uh, because World was his previous one. Yeah, Astro World was like with Sicko Mode and all those stuff. Like, yeah, you put Utopia. I was going to say, you guys did a review of Utopia this year, actually. You yeah. and Brandon. Check Shout out, Brandon. Out. Check that out if you want to go take a blast from the past. Votto, V-Day 4. I put that on there. Dave East, Fortune Favors the Bold. Katronada and Amin. I believe that's his name. Katronine. Mm-hmm. They had a collab album. That was super dope. That's one of the best projects from last year. Um, and actually... Out of all these, the ones I listened to, this came out at the top of the year. Was Code Voice Six, French Montana. Mm. Um, I absolutely love that record, and I probably listened to that more than anything. Brent's is the most recent that I listened to, a lot. Um, but that that Code Voice Six was incredible, and I believe it's this Friday that French is dropping the last installment of Mac and Cheese. It'll be Mac and Cheese 5. And that track list looks insane. It's got Kanye on there. It's got Drake on there. I think maybe even J. Cole, Lil Baby. And I think that's dropping this Friday. Mm. So, I mean, I would expect more of the same 
Same thing I said about Meek, how he improves rapping-wise every project I hear him. French Montana, for the last four years, five years at least, has put out lights-out music. Like, top-to-bottom, great albums, great projects. Yeah. And it just doesn't get talked about because he's French Montana. <laughs> uh, but he's put out as good of music as anybody the last few years, and that's that's the truth. So I'm very much looking forward to this Mac 2's live release. Um, Coke Boy 6, it's hard to replicate the sound that he had in the early 2010s, late 2000s, where it's just this real gritty New York street rap. It's hard to even quantify French, because even when he was at his most popular, he wasn't a good rapper. <laughs> like it, it was really all off charisma and his slang. And Dwight Howard on the post, dog. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> it's so hard to quantify what made French Montana French Montana, and now... He really is a dope artist. He was dope then, but I'm like, he's much improved now. His ear for beats is great, and he can give you versatility, yeah. even the way a Drake does. And on Coke Boy 6, he's been pretty mainstream at some points in his career. And for him to dig back into that just street, gritty bag, and for it to not sound out of place at all in the streaming era, like it sounded like 2010, yeah. it sounded like 2011, but not out of place. Yeah. It sounded true to him. I very much appreciate that as a fan of his so you know what that's probably actually my top project because i listened to that all through january pretty much all through february of last year and uh i can't say the same for all these records i mean look meek and rick ross we just talked about that a few times that dropped in november i believe mm-hmm. and i listened to it i've listened to it a few times i haven't listened to it as in depth as i wanted i already just mentioned that but yeah you know for French to stick out that way, yeah, that's probably my top project. Okay, um, I'll give you a few of mine. Uh, check in real quick. Washington's up thirty-four to twenty-one with the ball, so it's looking like we're gonna see a Michigan and Washington championship this year. Interesting. Um, I'll give you one more. Yep. Besides, by the way, Rick Ross meet girl. That's too good to be true. Was your album name? Yep. Uh, Ozuna. Cosmo, that was probably my favorite Latin album this year. So okay, um, I'll give you a few. Okay, uh, Drake's. I do have for all the dogs on here. I did. I do. Special. See, for me, I really like the deluxe too because I really every song that's on the Scary Hours part of it, I like that a lot. Every single one of them, I very much like. I like the sound of it. I've yet to take the time to listen, which is. Whack of me as a hip hop fan, but I really have not. No, I like all. I like all of it. He's actually rapping like it's what for all my dogs should have been. Like if you put that, take like eight of the songs out, put those six in, reorganize it. I think it's actually very good. I think it goes from being like a decent album to like a very like good to very good album. Um, Doja Cat, Scarlet. I listened to that. I actually like. I like that. That was good from what I heard. Uh, Paint the town red and have. Obviously, it's one of the singles off of that. I did like a lot. Killer Mike Michael. I very much like that Killer Mike album. He had um, Scientists and Engineers with uh, Future and Andre 3000. Andre 3000's um, Animal. Uh, Exit 9 with Blast. That's another really good song. Shout out to Dame Dalla. And uh, the al- his is uh, Don Dalla, the album. He's got a couple <laughs> little Wayne features on there. I think he's got a Rick Ross feature on there. He's got some other, like, Dame actually can rap. I like that project a lot. Um, I did have Too Good to Be True, Rick Ross, and Meek. Uh, Daniel Caesar, Never Enough. 
I did like that R&B album a lot. Uh, my favorite, my favorite R&B album of the year would have been Jaguar Two. That's Victoria Monet. Uh, I did have Pink Friday Two on here on my list. Uh, shout out to Tori Kelly with a like seven song EP. Tori, I did like that. My favorite though of the year, Tori yeah, Tori Kelly shout out. Um, my favorite album of the year though is Lecrae's Church Close Four. I think Lecrae put out probably his best church clothes. Um, so I think out of all those mixtapes, I think it's his best there. He's got a lot. He's he's rapping, rapping on it. I honestly think that like since he's a Christian rapper, I think sometimes he doesn't always get like the credit that from some people. He's a very good rapper regardless. Like he really can rap. He's just not on obviously your high-end tracks, I'll say, or your very most popular tracks. Those would be the, those would be the top albums that I have of the year. Um, he has a lot of like second tier features on that. I can give you some of the names because they're not like well known. Because he has songs with more well known. Yeah, he does. Like, uh, his uh, he does have one with Andy Minio, um, which would be the highest. Um. What up, RG? Was one of them. Jordan L. O'Real, PJ Morton, uh, yours truly, XYZ. Um, so people like that that people really don't even like know, but they actually all produce pretty good features on there. But he does have some tracks with some well-known artists there. So, but yes, um, very I very much like that. I do want to give a shout out to whoever the DJ was last night. He kind of killed it. Yeah, that was one of the better sets I've heard in a little while. You can't always count on a good DJ. And he was pretty reliable, I would say. What do you think? I absolutely think that he was really reliable. The only thing I didn't hear was Dreams and Nightmares while I was there, and that's the only it's thing. True. That was the, the only that was the only miss that he had. But otherwise, I think he catered to all the crowds. He didn't stand something for too long. Um, a lot of good music, a lot of dance music, and a lot of like anthems. So you did hear like Mo Bamba. You did hear a lot of things that would get the club jumping. So. Brought out Turn Keenan, so yeah. So uh, it was very, it was it was good. It was very good. Also, I just want to say this too: it's not twenty twenty three. My number one album would be um, um, SOS, but it came out in twenty twenty two, so it can't be on the list. Because obviously, it came you just out. Gave it a shout out. No I gave it a shout out because it came out the last week of like twenty twenty two. Did it? It came out. SOS thought, came out a couple weeks or I like it came out in. Uh... No, it came out in December of 2022. So that's, For some reason, I had memories of it coming out in November. Um, I th- let, I'll look at it right now, but I believe it came out in December. Yeah, December 9th of 2022. So I had it on the list for 2022, but I've obviously now got to appreciate it for an entire year, and that's, prob- that's the album I've listened to the most. But obviously, it was in the 2022 list. So I'm going to give it a shout-out because it only lived in 2022 for not even 30 days. So do you think she maybe releases an album at the end of 24? I probably would say closer to 25 with her. I think you could probably hear like a big single out of her or maybe a couple big features, but I don't think she drops at least until 25. I mean, the last do you one think was... she has like a silence like Kendrick? Kind of like how she did in her... I hope not years. because she had a longer silence than Kendrick. <laughs> so I hope she does. She wasn't even on features or anything. Nope, she... she she had her silence until 2022 and then she put out the deluxe for control, which had like a bunch of 
random songs on it, all good, but a bunch of random songs. And then Good Days, I Hate You uh, came out. She was on a, a couple features. She was on like a Doja Cat, Kiss Me More, and a couple other features at that point. But like really after her last album, like 2018, after like she helped with the Black Panther, like all the stars and a couple other songs like that, she kind of just went on like a year, multiple year hiatus. And that needs to not happen again. Because I think she's the biggest she's ever been now. Like, I think she got, I think she's gained a little bit more than what she was before. I think she really splashed on with Control. Her EPZ was good. But, like, I think she splashed on the scene with Control. Obviously, The Weeknd, uh, A Normal Girl, 20-something. Like, there's a lot of songs on there that are really good. But then with this one, songs like Snooze, Kill Bill, um, Low, like, whatever. But, like, Go Kill Bill and Snooze are like her two biggest hits I would, from this, I would say. Other than Good Days, I Hate You also are two good hits. And then so from that, I think she's just kind of, she's at her highest peak. I think right now she could just elevate and not do what Kendrick did after Damn. Like Kendrick, I don't think was at his biggest. And Kendrick was his biggest to me in 2013. But then you could argue it was close to it in 2017 with Damn. Like right after that, he was right up there. And he could have went on a crazy run if he wanted. But then he uh, he didn't rap for two years because nothing moved him. And well, vote for him. So. <laughs> I think he was probably at his most positive during that damn era period. See, it's the probably, like, I th- he shook the game up more so than ever than 2013. Like, obviously, like, because you have Good Kid Mad City, that's a bona fide classic. You have a classic cipher and you have a classic earth shattering verse all within like six months Mm -hmm. and then so he's like huge huge obviously and then he kind of takes a break but people are still very excited for when to pimp a butterfly comes out to still remember kendrick he takes his break there drops his little untitled and mastered and then drops damn so all that there you're like okay he's ready here from until may of 2022 you're like oh this is so dope buddy (laughs) we're proud of you you drop something like DNA and all those loyalty with Rihanna, like you're charted like that, and then you're just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna sit it out, whatever, whatever, Kendrick. Don't even you never like know it. with the TV crew. You don't. But you don't. Hey, it's officially January second. Yep. I got a flight, so we gotta we gotta clock off here. We did we touch on more music than I was expecting. Yeah, we, we did. Football, NBA, a little bit, gave you a little MLB. Yep. And music. Uh, we will have graphics for what we like to revisit yes. in 2023. Yes. Maybe some tracks in there along with the albums. Like I said, I got more albums than just the nine or ten I named. Um, I got the top 25 list. Um, but it's weird. Like We talked about it, and I might have even referred to this 21. Because I think 2022, I listened to music quite a bit. I listened to albums more in depth. But 21 was a year where I just kind of like flew by on music. Like I mm-hmm. listened to it, and then I... Whatever. That was very much this year. Where yep. I listened to a lot of music, but a lot of it was throwbacks. Uh, the new the new music I did hear, or if I really did want to listen to an album, you know, whether it be life or whether it be podcasts or whether whatever reason, I just wouldn't go back to albums I wanted to hear, which is unfortunate. But oftentimes I still hear it later, whether it's a year later, whether it's six months later. I usually do give stuff the proper listen, but yeah. there's a lot of dope projects out there that come and go. Absolutely. I I absolutely agree with that. I've found myself in like the mid-year into a huge battle rap lane and then now 
I've got a lot of catching up to do on the battle rap lane. So I've like music I put to the side. And then obviously right now it's well, we're podcasting. It's the busiest time of the year for podcasting at the moment. Cause you have the NBA, you have obviously the NFL and then you move into everything else. So music kind of gets put on the back burner for listening. You have to just listen when you can like your car rides, but not every car ride to sit down and pay attention to music. All right. <laughs> so music's the best from like May to the, the summer, pretty much mm-hmm. the music's best because there's literally nothing else other than baseball and no one cares at that point. Obviously the end of the basketball season, but that's that days become few and far between. So Yeah, I find usually there's always music that's dropped at the beginning of the year. That's good, like January, February. But I find March till about all depending on the temperature of the year, obviously, but March through the summer and then fourth quarter, you can listen to good music too. Yeah. Depending. depending. Um, yeah. Like we've seen a lot of people just straight up take the holidays off, which is kind of common in music. Mm-hmm. It's really common, but it seemed like literally nobody even tried to put out music during the holiday season this year. Whereas prior, I feel like you'd at least get something. Yeah. Um, like I was hoping for Kanye kind of to drop a little, like his original, original date. Cause that would have been cool to have it like around Christmas time, but. Yeah. We'll hopefully have him in April. <laughs> yeah, right. Supposedly next Friday. We'll hopefully have him we'll in hope, April. We'll hope for any time between now and April. Yeah. Uh, Keen, it's been fun recording in person. Absolutely. I'm planning to be back Super Bowl weekend, so we should be able to get a couple shows in. Then maybe we'll have some guests. Who knows? But Buck Wild. Listen, catch us on Instagram, catch us on YouTube, catch us on TikTok, Warner Brothers Podcast, live page, at Keenan Warner. At Castro, Warner Brothers podcast debates on there. We'll be active on there increasingly in 2024. Almost said 2023. <laughs> uh, and I keep looking out for Warner Brothers podcast content. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a big year for us. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun year for us. Absolutely. I can't wait. Uh, more guests, more fantasy football or fantasy drafts. We got to expand on that. So, Listen, so this year with Kyle and I both being at the drafts this year, the drafts for our league this year, we might get exclusive like content. Like, we, that we, because I mean, I have a phone and we could shoot it off of that. We might have exclusive content. I have a phone, which is pretty cool. So, we have exclusive content from the drafts. Could be you could have like real heated live debate from Joe DeZazzo in the flesh about Tom Brady saying ridiculous things. Per usual, per year. For sure, for sure. Yep. But yeah, this was the Warner Brothers podcast. This is Kyle. This is Keenan. I gotta get some sleep. I gotta play again, so we're out of here.